Have you heard of the Bellsmith? They make the most unique and custom belts. They made one for my son on the National Championship 2021 run to Omaha. They make game day belts, swashbuckler, artillery, junction, pirate, and more. They can create any kind of bell you want. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Or you can find them in places in Starkville like Maroon and Company. So check them out today and get your custom bell. Yo, what is up, everybody? It is time for the In Off the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, and I'm joined as always by my co hosts, my partners in crime, my brothers from other mothers, Jim Cross, Randy Jowers. And guys, we got episode 12 coming at you titled Top Dog on the Pitch because that's what we're doing. We're going straight to the pitch tonight. We're going to be talking soccer with Mississippi State soccer star and just overall badass macy hodge so guys i don't want to mess around let's get right to it let's bring her on help me welcome on to the show with the biggest interview on podcasting this week our guest mississippi state women's soccer star macy hodge Macy, first of all, we want to thank you for being here. We are fortunate to have you. We're just blessed to be here. How are you tonight? I'm good. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Bringing the energy already. So listen, it's been a while since we've had a lady on the show. So we got to remember how to act. We got to remember our manners and everything. So, but for me, I'm looking forward to some different answers. A lot of these dudes, you get boring, start saying the same answers and over, over, over again. So we're starting you off with some real softballs. Okay. All right, so who is your favorite musician or band? Like right now or all time, don't even matter. Okay, I really like Daniel Caesar. Do y'all know who that is? I do. I'm going to be honest. I do not. Hey, I like this answer because now we're going to get educated. Right, more like R&B vibes. Okay. Um, How do you spell Caesar? Is it like Caesar the Great? Salad? I think like Caesar Salad. I love it. I'm in. I'm all the way in. I'm right, writing this down. Right, right, right. Daniel's already ready to do the intro music. He's he's ready to vibe to this R and B. No, no. See, this this shows my age because I'm over here trying to look up who this this cat is. I've never heard of this person in my oh, life. Oh, it's an age thing. Did she age shame us like on no, the no, no. Also, like I'm a big Justin Bieber gal, like classic. Oh yeah, man, there's nothing. Look, let me tell you what I love about Justin Bieber. Them Christmas songs, girl. You know what I'm saying? Mistletoe. Right, I jammed right. that thing. I ain't scared. <laughs> album is amazing it is i mean it's a yeah. banger right people be hating but i will listen to some justin bieber exactly exactly I also have two daughters <laughs> oh we finna we finna vibe right it's i mean cool. okay I go ahead go ahead daniel May- macy's got better taste than all three of us that's what i just learned <laughs> oh, man. okay well my my next question and i don't think it's gonna be the same answer but maybe it is i don't know what gets you hyped if you're working out, what's the go-to hype music? Um, like I have to be honest, like NBA YoungBoy, maybe. Oh, okay. I see. I knew. I knew we'd get a little gutter if we just kept asking the right question. <laughs> right, right. Like Nobody that gets hype. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You like chilling at the crib. Right. That's when you throw on a little Daniel Caesar. Right. Right. But okay, okay. I feel that. I feel that. So, did you watch any of the? Uh, you said NBA. Did you watch any of the All Star Game? Because I got some real beef with it, Macy. I got some real beef. I'm gonna be honest. I only watched the um the dunk, like some of the dunks. 
look, that was dope. Mac, Max McClung, like, I'd only heard of him, like, one time before. My boy was doing his thing. Right. I don't think he – I don't know if he was getting hyped to r There were though. a few. There were a few, though, that I was kind of like – that's true. I think that was actually the only thing I saw, Randy, because I saw that on on Sports Center. But I miss All Star Weekend altogether. But I did see those dunks. I think we should get rid of All Star Weekend. That's my hot take of the day on Ma- and off the bench podcast. Ma- McClung actually did what you should do: is just all in, all he in. Did. You never know. He he probably won't be there ever again. But what did he have to lose? Now nah, he'll be back. He'll probably gladly defend his slam dunk championship. Listen, it won't matter because Randy will make sure it's canceled. So we're canceling it. I'm, I'm, I'm not cancel culture, but I am on this. But listen, we got to know if we're going to cancel Macy with this next question. What is uh, your favorite movie of all time? Mm. I got You know, I don't look, don't get offended when I say this, but like I'm a big rom com fan, and now with the okay. Daniel Caesar, I'm thinking you're rom. I'm thinking it's gonna be rom. Okay, making like a, making assumptions about a lady. Right, right. I'm, I'm just saying, I am. I'm, have y'all ever seen Ocean's Eight? Oh, of course. No, but like the new one. See, I like think with this Rihanna. Is more, I think with this Rihanna? is more age shaming. No, yeah, she's, she's, <laughs> she goes. Have you ever heard of oceans? Yeah, you I hadn't mean, heard it, of Daniel Caesar, you uncultured swine. It it was almost. You might as well have just yelled it like we couldn't hear I, you. Either. Okay, okay, okay. Daniel, I'm gonna fire back with. Has she ever seen Ladybugs? You know, she don't know nothing about soccer if she ain't seen oh, Ladybugs. Rodney Dangerfield, baby. But That's yeah, I'm gonna have to say Ocean's Eight. Ocean's Eight. That is a different answer. See, I'm glad we asked these. All right, let me ask you this one. Uh, we had the COVID thing okay. go down. Nobody was going to theaters. What is the last movie you saw in a theater? Have you ever seen a movie in a theater? Oh, of course. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Actually, it before COVID or after doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. L- last one you saw. Um, I don't know how to pronounce it. Encanto. Encanto. Whoa, one. you don't know how Great. to pronounce Encanto? Great. Okay, okay. I didn't want to assume. I didn't know. We all got kids. I've seen Encanto 1,000 times. Right, it's a good movie. I think that Encanto is on my TV right now downstairs. <laughs> it, it's never off. Between that and just whatever other garbage they're putting well, on. We, I mean, don't, we, don't talk about, we don't talk about Bruno is my jam, bro. We don't talk right. about Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see Daniel Caesar get like that. Like I just exactly. Did. All right. All right. The last question before I'm turning you over to Daniel. Favorite athlete growing up. This ain't even got to be your sport. Just favorite athlete you love watching. Um, I actually, this isn't obviously soccer, but I love Kobe. Um, oh my yes. When right. I'm, we, see, we can't. She won you over. She won you over big time. Just his mentality, I think, has kind of, um, it's just different than anything that you've ever seen, I think, you know? Um, and for me personally, it's just very impressive and somebody that I've always wanted to learn from just in terms of being like a competitor. And I stuff. totally agree. Totally right. agree. And what I love the most about Kobe, he was my favorite player for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and Jim used to fight about this player, but I won't say the things Jim said about him. But And I was going to fight him. I'll say what yeah, I said. Jim, Jim, they were playing the Grizzlies. We're all from Memphis. And Jim was like, Yo, my girl works at, you know, Silky's. Kobe's going to be there. I'm going to fight him. And I'm like, <laughs> the man is 6'6". Six, six, in my defense, like In my defense, he punched Mike Miller in the throat that night in game. He did. He did. He did. Look, Mike was wearing a barrette. It was a whole thing. <laughs> but what I love the most about the Kobe, obviously RIP to the Mamba, right. but seeing him become the dad that he was to his girls, that was, for me, I'm a father, I'm older. That meant so much 
you know, just to watch him instill that Mamba mentality in those girls is awesome to see, man. Awesome. Right. To see. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's nice when you, when we have someone on here who appreciates Kobe the way you do, Randy, I, I can, I can see how much love, like you can just feel Randy getting, getting <laughs> it's the passion. I have now 17 more questions. <laughs> but it, did you it watch um the the documentary on netflix the um the redeem team or whatever oh yeah i look lived it loved it i watched it on repeat right it, it was it was, it was a good good look for kobe for sure yeah it was there's no bad looks for kobe we don't <laughs> talk about colorado i mean people that don't get that don't get kobe will be the ones that talk smack about him but right. he he's uh on a different level yeah, but sure. but let's let's talk about you, Macy, on a different level for sure. But let's let's go back. All right, let's start the story from the beginning. Tell me a little okay. bit about where you're from. So I'm from Douglasville, Georgia. Um, it's about 25 minutes from Atlanta, um, so kind of suburbs area. Um, grew up there my whole life. Um, started. Let me, playing let me tell you about Douglasville. Let me tell yeah. you about it. All right. Do you know Douglasville? I do. I've been to really? Douglasville many a time. I've played a lot of baseball and coached a lot of baseball in Atlanta. And it seems like Douglasville is where I go. The Drury Inn right there in Douglasville. Wait, you really know where Douglasville is? I really do. Been there. I feel like nobody ever knows that. 40 times in my entire wow, life. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. So, yeah, not, not a bad spot. Not a bad spot. Yeah. But, so, um, a, a little bit outside of Atlanta. Um mm-hmm. You know, what I do know about the the surrounding suburbs and the surrounding areas of Atlanta is the schools there are off the chain. Like it, it's like big schools. They all got like nice football facilities, nice baseball facilities, turf uh, or field turf. You name it, man. It's got it's got it all. Um, but tell me a little bit about the the area at which you grew up as far as like is it populated you know those that don't know a little bit about douglasville i mean obviously you know tell us a little bit about it um i feel like over the past couple years well i say past couple maybe the past 10 years has like gotten a lot more populated than it was so when i was growing up like little um i feel like it wasn't as populated but once I got to like eighth grade I feel like a lot of stuff was being built um and now when I go home it's crazy like it's so much different than it was just a couple years ago um when I was home like four years ago but um even then it was I thought it was like there was a lot going on but now there's even more um but to answer your question when I was there I don't know I can't like estimate how many people are there but it's a pretty, it's like a bigger place. I mean, yeah. compared to like Starkville, where I'm living now, a <laughs> no, lot. That's of, an easy comparison. Right, right. Like night and day. Yeah, for sure. So obviously, you know, growing up, it's not a, not a big place, not a small place, kind of, you know. Right, just kind of medium. Yeah, a little medium size, but yeah. Family wise, who you got? Mom, dad in the picture. You got brothers, sisters. Yeah, so I um I grew up with my mom, my stepdad, and then I have two sisters. I have an older sister um who is currently 24, um, but she's special needs. And then I have a younger sister that's 14, about to be 15 in April. All right. So 
that puts you right in the middle. Yes. So as a middle child, you feel like you left out. <laughs> you, feel, you feel lost. You feel like nobody cares. Therapy like, session. Play that Daniel Caesar again. Right. <laughs> Actually, I feel like technically I'm the middle, but I always kind of have felt like I'm like the oldest um, just because of like the family dynamics and my sister and everything. So I've always felt like I'm kind of like the, my sister's keepers gal, um, you know, just growing up with, um, her name's Alyssa, uh, uh, she has Williams syndrome. Um, so now she currently kind of functions like she's like 14. So, um, moderately impaired, but I've always kind of been like the oldest, but she thinks she's the oldest and she will tell me what to do. Don't, don't get me wrong. She will still tell me what to do. Oh, for sure. She she said, I ain't playing this game with you, Macy. No, literally. I, I run things. <laughs> I run things up in here. She thinks she does. Oh man, that's crazy. So um obviously, you know, you're elite level soccer player, but was that the sport of choice as a kid, or did you play multiple sports? Um, I actually really only played soccer my whole life. Um I started when I was four and I actually hated it at first. I really did not like it. Um, and I remember being like, when I was seven, I told my mom, I was like, I want to quit. Like, I don't want to do this. And then she's like, okay, well, you're, you're going to be the one that has to tell your coach. Um, and I didn't want to go quit like to his face. So I just stuck it out. Um, and then ever since then I've been playing, I played uh, basketball in eighth grade just because there wasn't enough people to play. Um, and I was really, really bad. I scored like 10 points the whole season. Um, yeah. I mean, you're, you're game, like whole season. You're, you're the first athlete that has come on here and it was honest about how good they are at basketball when they said they played basketball as, a, as another sport. Cause we get, we get dudes coming on here. And the first thing they want to say, when we talk about playing multiple sports, they always say, Oh, I could hoop. I was a hooper back in the day. <laughs> And then, like, I don't ever believe it because most of the time we we get the story straight from other folks that we right. have on and they tell us, no, that dude's terrible. He can't No, play. I have to be he... honest. Like, I wasn't good. I Daniel, had the heart, though. I had the heart. Daniel, if someone asked me, because, you know, I was hooping up at the at the rec center. Randy was, too. Look, I'm lying my ass off, dude. I was, I was hooping. Bro, I was cold as hell. They ain't see me. <laughs> <laughs> me and Randy played some church ball together. They don't even know what we was doing. Bro, what? <laughs> Oh man. So that's a, that's like a, what a, what a mom move to tell you if you're going to quit, you're going to have to tell them yourself. Right. So like mm -hmm. what happens if you call her bluff and you actually go over there? We, we could not be having this interview right now. Right. No, actually. Um, I think she knows me though. Like I was very shy as a kid, so she knew I wouldn't go up and do that. She knew exactly what to do. Right. Oh. Right. Yeah. So, then obviously if you didn't like it at what point do you start liking it and you go okay this is more than just like this casual like recreational league this is something i could do like you know on a much you know more competitive scale whether that be club or even you know headed into high school right um i feel like so obviously i just finished that season out um and at that point, soccer was just still, you know, about fun and everything. So um, my mom 
just kept putting me in it um even though you know that one season I didn't like it but I would say around 10 is when I really was like oh, okay I enjoy this I'm decent at it um like I want to keep doing this and then once I was 11 or 12 I tried out for um like the club team so that was just wreck and then I tried out for a club um a club team and um that's when I really started to get serious about it um and I was like okay this is something that I would want to you know possibly keep doing and play competitively and I feel like ever since I started club I just kind of fell in love with it um how old were you when you started club um like 11 or 12 yeah and so that kind of you know catapulted the career obviously because you're Mm -hmm. you're now playing against much much you know higher level competition and then obviously you springboard from there into high school Mm -hmm. um what high school did you attend i went to alexander okay Mm -hmm. so at alexander and 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 just bear with me because there's a lot of stats yeah. that I'm about to read off here. Okay. All right. So y- you won the regional championship and advanced to sweet 16, your senior season, mm-hmm. your team, your team was a regional runner up your junior year. You were named the team MVP as a freshman, sophomore and senior. You earned the six day player of the year honors um, as long as, as well as a sophomore and was Douglas County player of the year as a senior earned first-team all-region honors in each of the final three seasons, and you were a 2018 Disney Showcase and played with the Georgia Olympic Development Program for five years and spent 2019 with the UFA Development Academy. Now, that is a, a ton of accolades and a ton of just things. Like, that's unbelievable bio. When you hear someone tell you those things, what, do, what does that mean first and foremost to you? Um, I think, you know, it, it's just like appreciation. I really love what I do. Um, and it's really not even about the accolades. I think it's great that I get them. Um, but it's honestly just more about people seeing what I do and like appreciating it. Like, I feel like it's art when I play, like not really me even playing a sport. It's kind of like how I, um, like express myself almost so I feel um very thankful that people kind of acknowledge it for that and um see it in a kind of a deeper way I guess and can um give me that recognition obviously like I'm blessed and um extremely thankful to have done what I've done and continue to you know do what I do so just thankful at when you're when you're going through high school are you, do you ever go back and go, man, I, I could have quit this game. So funny. I don't know if y'all know this. I actually quit soccer my senior year. What? I, all right. I, all right. R- 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 you r- told r- him in r- person this time. Yeah. <laughs> r- yeah r- I r- did. In person. I, went, I mean, uh, I gathered that being that you went to, you went to school and didn't start with soccer, but go ahead and uh, unload. Yeah, so um, recruiting was a lot different in high school. So now there's rules where um, you can't talk to coaches until your junior year, which I think is amazing because um, I started talking to schools when I was in eighth grade. And obviously, like, I can't even drive a car. I don't know why I'm talking to a college, like, about where I'm going to go. So my sophomore year, I committed to Vanderbilt um, to play soccer. 
and everything was great. Um, super excited. And then my senior year, I uh, played soccer um, for my high school. Um, and then I had like a lot of, I had a lot of family issues going on. My sister, my older sister um, got a like sick with her um, kidneys and everything. And then I was just in a super bad place mentally. Um, and I didn't think that if I went in, I was going to do well at all. Um, so it was definitely one of the toughest decisions of my life, but I decided that it would be best for me to stay home. Um, and at this point when I quit, I thought I was done. Like, I'm like, I'm never playing soccer again. Um, you know, like this is it. So I was like my last high school game, I was kind of in shock. Cause I'm like, okay, I'm done. I told Vandy I wasn't coming. Um, and then that next, so I graduated high school. Then that fall, I went to West Georgia, um, which is in Carrollton, like 30 minutes from my house. I would just drive there every day. I worked at Kroger, hung out with my family. I literally did not play soccer. I didn't think about soccer. Um, I just kind of worked on myself and my mental health and spent time with my sister, um, and my family. So let me so, yeah. let me let me ask this then. All right. You know, we mental health, obviously, there's a lot of, you know, people that are coming out now and mental health is like on the, the forefront. And I say that a lot of people are coming out. It's always been a thing. Right. Um, but now people are okay coming out, explaining it, talking about it. You know, for someone that has gone through something like that, how difficult would it have been if you had played soccer? Like, I because I don't think people understand, they can't rationalize how difficult it is to like put your mind in the game when it's just physically not there. Right. Um, I also think just like the environment here is so much in itself, just college athletics, no matter really what level you're playing at, but especially at such like a high level, um, every day it's, you know, school weights, like soccer running, you got to figure out when you're going to do your homework. Um, so I think just the, the load already. And then with me not being okay, like emotionally, um, I think it would have been a disaster. Um, and then also, like you're saying, if you're not doing well mentally, it really you can always tell in the field. Um, I think like we'll have bad days, obviously, like me and my teammates and our coaching staff can literally tell and come up and be like, hey, like what's wrong? Something going on because it's it's usually like evident in your game when you're not doing well mentally, you know, you're elsewhere. Um, so I think, you know, mental health is something that should definitely be discussed within athletes because I think a lot of I mean everybody struggles with mental health but especially when you're you know expected to perform at such a high level at all the time it can be even more draining um so yeah I think like if I were to have went through with that I would have probably gotten there and quit or I would have just continued to spiral downwards Daniel let me touch on that because you know I, I know Randy can agree with with Lila because ta Taylor's the same way you can always tell by their play exactly what you just said when they're mentally not there when something's going on and it affects their play which obviously affects the whole team so like I know Randy I know you can attest to the same thing 
Oh, absolutely. I can tell when as soon as she's warming up. I know. I, I can see it. But there's nothing you can do to get her out of it. You got to let them get out of it. And that's, my friend, is the hardest part about being the dad, right? Because I can't fix it for her. And that yeah. sucks. It, what's crazy, Macy, is that it's, you know, you, you know, my hat's off to you because this is, this is something like that, that load that you were talking about, it, it wasn't easy when you were in high school. So prior to your senior season, I mean, you're playing club ball. I mean, the Olympic development program, you got all of these things going on. Like the soccer was only about to continue its, its, mm -hmm. its load, especially at the college level, which is, that's the trajectory that you were on. Mm -hmm. um, but prior to college, obviously you had a chance to, to go down and, and play uh, at the Disney showcase. You had a chance to, you know, play on the Olympic development program of those two experiences. What would, you know, how would you best describe those? Um, the Disney showcase was always just so much fun. Um, like so much competition. It was great. I really, um, you, you won that by the way. Yeah, <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> The one of the best experiences, though, um, definitely had to be ODP. Um, like so many girls that I played with, um, it just I feel like it took my game to another level, um, because it was obviously the best players in um, each state coming together, and then we would go to a regional event, and so it'd be all the southeast teams, um, like the best, you know, however many girls, 20, 30, and we're all training together, um. I think it was like 2018 that I went to England with the regional team. So we, um, I got chose out of the Southeastern girls and there was like 18 of us. Um, and I spent like two weeks in England and I worked with, um, at the time he was the LSU coach. Um, and there, I don't know, but it was just great to get obviously different coaching perspectives, but to also be surrounded with girls at like the next level. Um, so I think that was great just to continue to drive um, like my um, development in the game, you know, just being around the competition that I was. So that that leads us into the to my last little <laughs> set of questions and, and really you touched on why you didn't end up playing and you ended up at West Georgia. Mm -hmm. um, but eventually you, you go to Mississippi state. So, and you, you, you play. So how does not playing and being at West Georgia turn into you committing, going to Mississippi state and deciding to play soccer? Okay. So my senior season probably ended in like April and then so from April to I'm I'm not even kidding you, maybe November, I didn't think about soccer. Like I didn't want to hear about it. I was done. Um, whatever. And I was like, it's it's whatever. Um, and then I I guess November kind of rolls around and I had a really close or I have a really close friend that went to um University of Florida um and played soccer. We grew up together. Her name was Laney. Um, and I went and visited her at one of her games um, and watched. And I just kind of sat there and I was like, there's no way that I gave this up. Like this was going to be me. Um, 
and I stayed with her for the weekend and I, I just kind of tagged along and watched training and everything. And that was kind of the switch for me. I was like, okay, um, like I gave it up, but just being in that environment, I was like, there's no way I, I don't want to not try it out. So I think reality kind of hit because before then, you know, it was kind of like out of sight, out of mind. I was avoiding it. Um, I wasn't trying to think about it. Um, so then when I went and visited her, it was kind of like a switch. And I was like, oh, like, you know, this is something that I really do want to try. Yes. And so um, I had talked to Mississippi State when I was in my recruiting process before I um, committed to Vandy when it was under different coaches. Um, but when James was at Auburn at that time, um, Nick was at Columbus State and Brian was at um, Georgia Southern. And I'd taken visits to the, um, those places. Um, and then I knew James, just just kind of knew him. So whenever they heard that I was trying to play again, they reached out and um, yeah, I just was kind of like, okay, let's do it, you know? Well, it's a blessing in disguise because, you know, I didn't want to say nothing because you were telling a serious story in regards to when you brought up Vanderbilt. And we have two rules on this show. Um, we don't interview Vanderbilt athletes and we don't interview Florida athletes, but you just brought up Florida men ago. Good thing you didn't follow your friend because <laughs> you never would have came on and off the podcast. So th this, is a, this is a good thing. We, uh, we, we right. have a little, we have a little I almost when, when she said Florida, almost like involuntarily booed, but like, I just, I held it back for you, basically. Like we're we're thank homies you, now. She doesn't go to Florida anymore, though. She doesn't go to Florida anymore. Oh, she so even she got smart. Okay, cool. <laughs> right? Yeah, she transferred. That's what's up. So you know, you talked you talked about what Starkville was like. You know, coming from Georgia, you get to Starkville. You know, what are the emotions? What are your thoughts when you first get on campus? Um, I so I got there. My mom, my stepdad, and my grandparents moved me in. At first, I'm like, okay, this is going to be great. This is awesome. We move my seven to the dorms, and then they leave, and I'm like, the door closes, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, what am I doing? Because at this point, I didn't know anybody. Like, I decided to come in a month before. So by the time I committed, it's almost December. I was coming in in January. Um, never went on an official visit to meet the girls. Like, didn't know the last time I've been Starkville was when I was probably like 15. So I just show up, move my stuff in. My parents leave. I'm like, reality hits. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Um, and then classes start. I'm like, okay, I can do this. And then training starts. And I was definitely not where I needed to be um, just because I was out for almost a year. And I was doing stuff on my own, but, you know, it doesn't even compare to what you do here in this program or in any program um so it was kind of like a very a very rude awakening um but it was it was great because it was kind of like you know this is what it is and I rose to that level but I mean I'll be honest with y'all like I, we have fitness tests and I came in and I could never pass a fitness test. Um, oh, wow. I'm being serious. Like, I was one of the worst, absolute worst. Like, I couldn't run. I couldn't lift that much. And now, um, like, I pass every fitness test. Um, I'm doing great. I just, you know, I, I figured out, like, what work, work was required to be here, you know, and I wanted to put it in. Um, so I feel like that was the difference. But, yeah, when I got here, I was not. 
I was not prepared. What's interesting is I was talking about the last time that we we had had a guest on a female guest and we had had Grace Storty from Memphis. And, you know, she played every single minute of the entire season. And we were talking about how she had set a record for minutes. And it's just like, how are you able to, you know, be able to maintain that stamina? And she looked at us and she was honestly like, actually, probably don't tell my coach. I do less than most of the other girls in her life. Well, that doesn't make sense. But but I get the I get the fitness thing. And, you know, I heard your coach preaching it the other day uh, during the ID camp to the girls talking about if you're going to play at this level, um, the amount of energy and you got to give it for 90 minutes. And so I, I know exactly what you're talking about. So let's get into it. You know, freshman year played in 13 games, started in 12 before COVID of course hit. Um, we'll talk about that in a second, but um, you know, talk about before it shut down, what it was like uh, as a freshman um, and also just talk about the difficulty of playing. Cause you know, you talked about being out of the game and then you come in and you're playing in the sec. So just talk about right. that. So I came in, so when I came in, it was spring of 2020. Um, I came in January and then we went home for spring break in March, I think. And then that's when they told us, oh, you're not coming back. So that's when COVID hit. Um, So I really only got two months of like training in. And then we were home for a couple of months and then we came back for July workouts um, and that in itself was crazy. Like going in the facilities, like you had to have a mask on, obviously you got your temperature checked. If it was over, you know, 99.9, you're going home. Um, and we would work out in small groups. Like there wasn't, and we had to stay far away from each other. It was crazy. And then, um, obviously when season came around, we usually have like 20 games or something like that. And that, year we only played like 14 we usually have 22 games that year we yeah y'all played 13 yeah 13 um and the difference was we didn't have like the non-conference segment um so genuinely it was um it was crazy like because normally you know you have time to work up so you're playing you know non-conference you're getting comfortable no like our first game was Auburn like this is an SEC game SEC play like points are on the line everything I'm sorry I remember it was at Auburn I didn't start that game and I was on the bench and I wasn't thinking I was I was gonna get off like get off so, and I was fine with that because I was very nervous and um I see James like peek down the line and we all stand during the game um just lined up and I see him peek down the line and he's like Hodge and I'm like looking around I'm like me and he's like yeah and like in my head I'm like oh my god I'm not ready for this I'm not ready for this um but I went in like played pretty well and then ever since then I've just you know kept climbing but yeah it was definitely hard because I feel like the non-conference segment um would have given me a lot more confidence um instead of just jumping straight in with like you know SEC vets but that's what it was and that's what I had to do, you know, hey, so yeah, get put right to the fire and then right. you, you go in the game when you're not ready, but Hey, it, right. it, said only, it only made you stronger. So, you know, obviously the, the, the COVID stuff and all that, but you know, and, and what's funny is I pictured, you said working out in a mask and I, and I'm, and you're saying that you're trying to get yourself back in shape and fitness. And I'm, I'm picturing you trying to get in shape while having to wear this mask. This is really not right. matters. Right. 
So sophomore year, you know, when when things are starting to get back to normal, you started and played in all 16 matches. Uh, you play midfielder, correct? Yeah, I play holding mid. Okay, and, and that's what I wanted to break down because um, not all our listeners know exactly because midfield is, you know, obviously with my daughter playing, having a better understanding, um, they, they generally just think you're in the middle, but you can be attacking mid, you can do defensive mid. It could also just be upon the alignment of your coach. So for right. you, for what you do for your team, explain your role. So my role, I sit right in front of the defense. Um so they're called center backs, the two girls in the middle that protect the goal. So I'm right in front of them. Um, so my main jobs are really to help them out um, defensively to win balls like out of the air. So when a goalkeeper punts it, like it needs to be me um, going up, winning the header. And then also um, I'm kind of the link between the defense and the offense. So um, when the defense needs help, like building the ball out and connecting passes, like I need to be the one to get it and then try to give it to the forwards or to exactly. the um, midfielders above me. And exactly. And you, and you made it sound so simple and it's funny Macy, <laughs> how my, my daughter makes it so hard. So she's always played center back uh-huh. and she got moved up to defensive mid and she acted like the world was going to end. I can't play this. I've never <laughs> played before. And it's basically saying you're doing almost the same thing. You're just now what you said, the link right. between the, to the offense. And so it, yes. it's funny how it could be overcomplicated sometimes. Right, right, right. So, you know, in that sophomore year, obviously, you know, you get the full the full season under your belt, everything. Obviously, Mississippi State's not where they're at now, and we'll get to that. But talk about now that you've got your feet wet from the, the first year and you're really into the system, you know, talk about the progress you made. So I think um, it was to even for me to even play my freshman year was great. I think the experience really kind of helped me out and showed me what the SEC actually was like. Um, and then so the next year I was a little bit more prepared I'm just going into those games, but I feel like my sophomore season, um, I would say I just got very comfortable and my confidence started building. I was like, you know, my freshman year, I was kind of like, oh my gosh, I'm not ready for this. That was kind of my mindset the whole time. But my sophomore year was more of like, okay, like I'm here. Um, I'm making an impact. Like I'm doing my job to the best of my ability. Um, And so I think my sophomore year was just more about me, like, um, cultivating my confidence almost. And that year, um, is when I started my role as a captain. Um, so at the, at that time I was kind of like, okay, like my coaches believe in me, my teammates believe in me, why not believe in myself? You know? And I think that, um, that season, I really kind of came out of my shell personality wise, also just on the field, feeling very comfortable to, you know, play the way that I do. Um, so yeah, I feel like the, my sophomore season was more of me just, um, getting comfortable and, um, starting to kind of thrive in the conference. And, and boys, let me tell you, you know, I, I thought it was great, Randy, that she led off the episode talking about the mama mentality. Um, if you watch Macy play, she doesn't smile, right? It, <laughs> it's dude, it, it's, it's on. And Daniel, for you, you know, who's on the fence on soccer, she's about physicality. So she speaks yeah. to both of you. You Both these guys aren't soccer guys like me, but if they're right. going to watch, you're the type of player they want to watch. Y'all should watch a game. There's only one question, though. I mean, that me and Daniel both have a rule. I mean, like, we're kind of like yellow cards, red cards. What are we talking? Get those? <laughs> oh, let me tell you, this, this fall – I so you can get five yellow cards in conference and then you're kicked, you're done. Like um, done. 
not like done, but you're suspended. suspended. You're suspended for a game. But okay, so I was on four by the time the SEC by the time the SEC tournament rolls around, right? So our last game, I can't remember who our last game was against. I think it was Georgia. So I was on four at Georgia. If I would have gotten one, one more, then I would have been out the SEC tournament. Um, so my coach comes up to me. He's like, you know, like you can't be afraid. You can't play. You can't play scared. You know, don't try to avoid tackles just because you don't want to get suspended, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I remember the first, one of my first tackles of the game, the ref blows the whistle and he's like, no more, no more. And I was like, listen, yes. like, I'm sorry. I'm like, I won't do it again. <laughs> so I got through that. Um, I th- got through that game, took a deep breath, and then my yellow cards reset. Oh, reset. Okay. So they then it was on. And, and, yeah, and so we and we had Sh- we had Shannon Cook from LSU on, and she talked about that. You know, she had she had four as well. Uh, for me, I, I would just keep playing the way you do. And if it happens, right. it happens. Yeah. Like, you know, but but you, you were smart in thinking about when it was and like I, you know, I can't affect my team. You got to be there for your team. So it's kind of right. hard. Right. But Macy, do the other teams know how many yellow cards you have? Like, are they yeah. like sure they're like you. Uh, going yeah, we like with Macy after today? <laughs> DB, well, I mean, where are we at here? What's our what's our verdict here? I mean, four, she didn't get the she didn't get a suspension. I mean, where are we at here? Right. Mm, no, but it's public knowledge. Like sometimes we'll know that a girl's on however many cards and you can use it. I'm, to your I'm going at her. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I, I ain't going to stop how I play, but I, I'm a fan of you because you got to a point where you were aggressive, but not overly aggressive to hurt your team. So, right. Right. I, I, I can, I can get with that. But <laughs> what I, what I can't get with is how many games did you guys uh, tie this year? Yeah, I actually know the answer to that. It's three. If it's more than one, that's that's one. That's that's. He doesn't. He, he doesn't. Di- but he's a hockey fan, Macy. So and they tie, but it's okay then. Right. I it's, don't understand why people have problems when soccer like can tie. Wait. Like, why does it matter? Well, well, I'm hold on, Daniel. You. Do you have a problem more with a tie or ending in penalty kicks? Equally both. as bad. Both. They're both. I, I just wish that they would. Macy's about play to get a yellow out. card right now. I just wish they would let you guys play it out because one, I feel like ending in a tie is just like a the cheap way outs. I think you guys some you didn't show up there to go. Yeah, let's just tie. Let me be <laughs> devil's advocate here though. You can also tie in the National Football League. And there was ties this year. I'll I'll tell you worse than that, Daniel, because Macy knows about this in club ball. My problem is, and I told y'all this when we were playing, when my daughter was playing club and was playing for the Mississippi State title, not like Mississippi State Bulldogs, but the state of Mississippi title. They tied the first team the first game, which already you don't like, Daniel, but both teams went on to win their next four. And then her team got silver and the other team got gold because of gold differential. Now that'll piss you off. That's trash. Yeah. I think I think that pool play in general is just trash. <laughs> Unless you're seeding like a softball yeah. tournament or something, baseball, whatever. But for like to decide who gets a medal, no. Right. Way. 
And here was the thing, Macy. Their game had already ended before ours, and they already knew they were going to win gold differential. They went ahead and grabbed their medals and rolled out, and I was mad because I was going to go talk to the coach, and I'm not even the coach of my daughter's team, and be like, y'all hey, scared? Let's do this. Y'all want to run it out? That's I knew crazy. the head of officiating. He's been on this show. Lawrence, Daniel, Lawrence would have ref that game. Hey, line uh -huh. them up. Right. You're, That's crazy. You're making assumptions for Lawrence. <laughs> no, Lawrence would do it. Hey, if they, he's just like any other rep. If you pay him his hourly salary, salary, he'll do it. And I got the money to pay for that game. You're going to have to pay me double or triple. <laughs> yeah, I'll I want overtime, baby. If, if you don't think I'll pay double or triple to watch my team or my daughter's team play a team that they tied and then they both ran the gauntlet, we'll, we'll, we'll do this. But, Macy, <laughs> they, they, they say they don't like it, but let me tell you something. Daniel – went and watched Grace Doherty when she asked when she went and played against UCF because he lives in Tampa. Mm -hmm. And I promise you that if Mississippi State is down there playing anywhere in his region, he's lying to you. He will go and support you, especially <laughs> now that he knows you get yellow cards. <laughs> but let me let me make something clear, crystal clear. If you have four yellow cards going into that game that I come and see, you're gonna get suspended. <laughs> <laughs> So, so let me ask you a question, all right? And, well, no, you know what? I'm going to save this question until after the 2021 season because the question will relate to that. So okay. let's get into 2021. All right, obviously the team is still not quite where you're at, but you're developing. You're getting better. You got wins against A&M and Ole Miss at home. Mm -hmm. um, and I wanted to ask about the Ole Miss, which will lead to the question I was going to ask. Mm -hmm. Is the Ole Miss rivalry in women's soccer just the same as it is between Mississippi State and Ole Miss and everything else? Yes. So, so you you hate them wanches? Yes, <laughs> I love it. Like she seems like she's biting her tongue as she's she yeah. Like to I'm just so. gonna <laughs> yeah. Okay, so which will lead me to this question: This past season, and you talk about the timing of getting uh the the fifth yellow card and not wanting to cost your team. Um, I, obviously I'm an LSU fan, and so mm -hmm. uh, and we we can't stand Ole Miss in this house either, and you know, the brawl that happened between LSU and Ole Miss in the last game of the season, which then led to LSU having two starting defenders going into the NCAA tournament not playing. Yeah. But I ask you this, being that Ole Miss is a team that is a rival, did you enjoy watching LSU melee on them? Be honest. Honestly, we were – okay, so we were warming up. Um, we were playing Texas A&M right after them. Um so all of a sudden we hear yelling because we were behind on the practice field. So like the game field is right here, practice field in the stands and we hear yelling. Um, and so we're being nosy. So we walk over um, and we just see them fighting and we were like. Throwing straight what? fists too, not, no, not girl right. fighting. They were throwing. Right, right. Like crazy. So um at first, we were just in shock, and um, we went into the locker room before the game, and then James was like, if y'all ever did something <laughs> like that, you're going straight home. Just think about that. Well, well, and it's I, also crazy because, like, I know the, I know both sides. So, obviously, we know everybody kind of knows each other within the conference, um, but I was like – just because I personally know some of them, I was like, what? It was just crazy. So I, I personally know Ramey really well, and I okay. know why she did what she did. So we were at the LSU Ole Miss game right. last year. Um, they were yelling racial and sexist slurs at her, really? and then she, and then it was getting chippy on the field. And so 
Um, we had had her on post that she talked about that was the worst game of soccer she's ever played in her life. Not like how she performed, but environment right. and everything came in. Right. And so after that incident happened, I messaged her and I said, did that play a role? And she said, absolutely. Because if you saw the video, obviously she came flying in out of nowhere. Right. So yeah. She, she saw an opportunity to get a little get back and she jumped all <laughs> right. over it. Plus it right. was her best friend already throwing fists. Right. So. She right. had her teammates back. But I, right. I was intrigued to know what you thought, you know, Ole Miss being your rival. You saw them, you know, in a haymaker fight. I was in fight. shock. I was like, wow. So that's what's up. I, I, I love the Char rivals. That's a game I'm going to have to make it to next season, especially yes. since uh, uh, I'm not a fan of Ole Miss. So I'm I'm down. So let's get to this year. Let's get to where it, it really just got jumping. You know, um, what a year y'all had. You were obviously named a SEC preseason player uh, on the SEC preseason players watch list. Um, y'all don't lose until your 14th game, Macy. Obviously, there's a couple ties in there that'll bother Daniel, but 11 wins, two ties. You don't lose until South Carolina. So what is it like to be on that win streak? Um, it was crazy. I think, um, and you look at like the beginning of our non-conference where we played like um, – Minnesota, we played Lipscomb, teams that we've um, really lost to in the past. Um, so I think to come out the way that we did, um, we just kind of took it game by game and um, our confidence grew. And I think just defensively, it, there was a different kind of mentality towards it. Like we wanted to, you know, be super gritty, um, like be a like a defensive unit. I think that was the difference. Um, this season because we emphasize just being um, like almost blue collar and what we did and just wanting to outwork our opponents. So I think the win streak at, at the beginning, um, it was awesome. Obviously it kind of felt like things were paying off. Um, I think obviously when you're winning as much as we were, I think my, my thoughts as like a leader on the team was, okay, how's the group going to respond if we, or if or when, you know, we get our first loss. Um, so obviously that rolled around with South Carolina, but it was never a, oh, we're sorry for ourselves. Like, let's hang our heads. It was just, okay, like they they beat us. Next up, let's bounce back. But, you, you know, you knew at some point it had to come to an end. Chances oh, of you winning them all were. Right, like, right, yeah. for sure, for sure. And, and Randy and Randy can speak to this. We, we didn't have Daniel really active on Twitter yet, but, you know, the Mississippi State baseball fans are very active. And mm -hmm. when y'all were winning, they jumped all over it. They were like, we're a soccer school. Mm -hmm. They were posting every win. They were talking trash to all the other SEC teams. <laughs> so they loved it. So just so you know, like, everybody was jumping on, That's awesome, in on yeah. the train. So, you know, I was at the LSU game um, – the y'all said the the record crowd there it was absolutely electric you know and so I want to ask you for that like not just the stands full but people out on the berm you you saw you saw people of all ages they had their dogs it was just it was just it was awesome the cowbells were ringing what's it like you know when you think about the state of the program where y'all were at just a couple of years before struggling right. to to not just the win streak but to to have that kind of crowd and that kind of support yeah, I think it's um I think it's so crazy. I mean, obviously to be just to be a part of the growth um and to see like you said where we were just I mean, when I came in what almost 4 years ago to where we're at now. Um it kind of gives me like goosebumps because I just want to, you know, continue to see it just growing. Um 
but like I said earlier, just like super thankful to be a part of it. Um, it's definitely something super, super special. Um, like you mentioned, like the fans now are crazy. Um, when I'm playing, like there really are like the extra motivation, you know, you're out there, you're tired, but then you hear people ringing the cowbells, yelling your name, like you see the stands packed. Um, it's crazy. And I just love that um, this community like really does invest time in the athletes that are um, out there working. And I think it's awesome, you know, just to see what the program has done and also be a part of it. Yeah, and I mean it's a it's a good thing that we sit here and talk about Daniel uh hoping to see you away because I know one thing Daniel wouldn't tolerate, so he wouldn't he wouldn't do Starkville. Daniel, you to, you tolerating cowbells at a soccer game? No. <laughs> not, not a chance. Not not in the slightest. Oh, come on. Can't do it. Can't do it. <laughs> I've done it. And it's it wasn't fun, was it? Randy liked it. He liked the soft. He went to the softball atmosphere. He loved it. No, there were not a lot of cowbells at the softball. I could. It was all good though. But yeah, definitely beautiful, beautiful campus. That's right. all I can say about Starkville. Is it's a beautiful campus. I mean, their athletic facilities are legit. I mean, you got uh, no doubt. That's what they do well there, Jim. We went to your bachelor party there. You you know I'm not. Sp- I but but they no didn't. Lie. They didn't do well. LSU rolled, but that's a whole different story. They did, but they got beautiful facilities. I got nothing. And hey, wonderful people. Wonderful like you, Macy. Wonderful people. Thank you. So yeah, I, I I don't let the cowbells jade me from the people that, that go. Right. There. My grandma loves the cowbells. That's her favorite part about coming to watch the games. Really? Yeah, Not- she has like her own cowbell. It says like Nana. And on the back it says like number four, Macy. Oh, she I love it. it. Oh, and she's she's ringing it all game like it's it's kind of nonstop, and I kind of like look over. I'm like, okay, Nana, like, do you get do you it, got, Nana? Do you got one with the bellsmith yet? What do you have? Do you have your own custom bell with the bellsmith yet? I don't. I have a student athlete one. I got you. We got you. Bellsmith's one of our sponsors. I got you, Macy. You're gonna have oh. a cowbell immediately. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you ladies get selected to the NCAA tournament and get to host the first game. Um, you know. Obviously, I know by that time though it's it's cold. Was the was the atmosphere electric then, or or was it a little down because a lot of people don't want to 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 sit out there and watch soccer in the cold. I know I know as a dad right. that if it was anybody other than my daughter, it's not happening. Right, right. Um, we played New Mexico. Um, it actually was a pretty nice day, so there was a fair like a pretty big amount of people. Um, but it also was a day game, and just the vibe between like day games and night games is like a lot mm-hmm. different um so even though there was a lot of people it didn't feel as like electric mm-hmm. but obviously you know the fans still helped out um but just the vibe between like day and night games are are very different in general because i think we played at like 1 p.m maybe well y'all won and i can tell for a fact because i, I watched this game on tv um and i know it was cold in in fayetteville so y'all go to the, y'all go to the fayetteville regional okay. Uh, you know, before we talk about the game, so I mean, what's that? You know, we talk about it, I talk about it with my daughter all the time. Just right. it's hard, like, to to be able to get yourself going when it's that cold out there on the soccer field. Is it the same way for you? Oh, my goodness! Like, I cannot tell you how freezing I was in Arkansas. It was crazy. I didn't expect it to be that cold, genuinely. I really didn't. I would have brought some leggings or something because. 
I was freezing. I'm not even going to lie to you guys. And I was doing everything to warm myself up, but I just, I'm from Georgia. Mountains are different. Right. I was not used to the cold. Randy, that's why you really got your daughter into softball. You weren't going to do any of the cold weather, huh? Bro, that's not, that's a lie. We play, we, there's been so many winter times. Last, our last tournament of the fall last year, I told her that she could keep playing, but I was quitting. (laughs) (laughs) So obviously y'all play Memphis and it doesn't go well. Um, you know, you have ambitions to win a title, but, you know, to get to the second round of the NCAA tournament, you know, just talk about how much fun and, you know, like you said, you talked about that growth of the program, just how accomplished you still feel even after that loss. Yeah, so, like, the loss was obviously really devastating. Um, but looking at, you know, the season as a whole, um, we were very, very happy with how things went. Um, especially considering the circumstances that we had. So um, we had four ACL tears mm-hmm. um, of girls that played significant minutes, one of them being um, our other captain. So we had two other captains, Alyssa and Ange, and Ange was a fifth-year senior um, on, like, had made the SEC team, like, a, the past couple years. Um then we, we had so many injuries and um, people who were quote unquote starters were the people that were injured um, and they were season ending. So I think to go as far as we did um, with, in our, and we were using our bench most of the time, um, I think it was crazy. And I think it was a great opportunity for those girls to um, get a chance to develop in a way that they wouldn't have been able to um, without unfortunately the injuries. Um, but to have the success that we did, um, it was something really special because of kind of the um, adversity that we faced over the season. Because, you know, non-conference, like we talked about, was great. Um, life was good. You know, we were unbeaten. Like we had our full, we're at full depth, had the whole roster. Um, and then we get to the beginning of SEC play. Then we start on the injuries and then ended up, losing a good amount of influential big time players in the SEC. Um, and just to, you know, like I said, to do what we did, it was very special. Um, yeah. and so the loss sucked, but we were just super happy and um, for the, for what we did do, you know, with the circumstances. I, f- I feel like the committee who uh, does for NCAA soccer hates me. So going back to last year, so we only root for four teams in this house when it comes to soccer. And um, two of them we already did. Um, but then after guests on the show and things that we've done, you know, like I said, the ID camp and stuff like, you know, we root for LSU, Mississippi State, Arkansas, and Memphis. And they put three of y'all in the same bracket this year. Yeah. Last, <laughs> last year they matched up LSU and Memphis in the first round. Um, the only good thing I could say was LSU came to Memphis, so I was able to go drive 25 minutes to go see it. But, you mm-hmm. know, I, I I don't understand why they keep putting, like, they yeah, that's give crazy. a chance for, like, multiple teams that I root for to go far. They, you know, because it was, like, obviously y'all faced Memphis, and then Memphis had a turnaround face Arkansas. I was like, all right, like, right. This, this isn't as fun as it could be. Yeah, that's but, crazy. But I know I look forward to – Tell me what, you know, what what we got to look forward to, because the one of the things that that I've been telling people, um, you know, with my daughter going to numerous SEC ID camps, I was really impressed by your coaching staff. Um, I, I've done leave you, but 
Zimmerman was my guy. Like I loved watching right. his drills and everything. Yeah. And so, you know, I look forward to continuing to watch all after what I saw from them. So, you know, talk to me about what we got to look forward to next year. I mean, is it, is it going to be continued growth or are we, are we taking another step? Right. I think, um, I think for sure, you know, you look at the season that we had and super happy, but it, we all kind of made a commitment at the end of the fall and we said, okay, like we did this, but we want to be even better uh, next fall personally and as a team. So spring kind of in the eight hour weeks um, is about individual growth. So how strong are we getting? How faster, how much faster can we get? Like how much better on the ball can we get? Um, and then obviously starting 20 hour weeks, um, we're doing a lot more team things. So how much more like team chemistry can we get? How, how can we improve our movement? How can, you know, my teammates know what I'm going to do and what, and I know what they're going to do. So I think, um, obviously like the goal is to keep, um, pushing in the right direction and with the coaching staff that we have and things that we're doing, um, not only like on the soccer field, but in the weight room, like we're covering kind of all the bases when it comes to like, you know, fitness, strength, soccer, or like even just tactical components of the game. Um, so I think the spring is all about kind of growth, um, in everybody's individual areas, but also as a team. And then I think that's just going to push us forward, um, going into the fall because, you know, all the work that we're going to put in now, um, is definitely going to pay off going in there. So yeah, big things, big things ahead. Um, big things, more cowbells. Yes. Yeah. More cowbells. More yes. cowbell. Not for DB, <laughs> but for everybody else. So listen, Macy, that great story. Loved hearing it. Looking forward to all the great things that are coming up for you and Mississippi state soccer. Uh, but we got to get you kind of on the hot seat. Now we're going to play uh, a little game. Okay. It's called this or that. There's very simple rules. You, I'm going to give you two options, and you cannot say neither, and you cannot say both. You got to pick one. You got to pick the other. Okay. So this training that you've been doing, oh, it's got nothing on what we're about to do. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Very easy. Very easy. So we'll start you off with a relatively easy question. One place is going to hate you, though. Better food, Georgia or Mississippi? Uh, Georgia. You know, mm. actually, actually. Neither. <laughs> do, you, do you go to the baseball games, Macy? I do. And they don't feed you in the left field lounge because your answer would be different if they did. I I haven't eaten there. Oh, go out uh, there and see our boy right, lounge, so, yeah, lounge we're gonna, dog. We're gonna get her to take care of you. Go see lounge dog, and and so now we're gonna get you a bell, and we're gonna get you some food. <laughs> we're taking care of you. So yeah, definitely. But I, you know what? I think I agree with you. I've spent enough time in Georgia, uh, in Atlanta, and, and Savannah. I have family there. I think it's good food. Right, good, good food. Yeah. yeah. Nothing wrong with that. I just spent a week in Atlanta a couple weeks ago. Very, very busy. I, the traffic is insane. I don't know yeah, how people is. deal with that it every is. day. All right. So the next question, and I think I already know the answer, but here I'm not going to have any more preconceived notions. Okay. Beach or lake? Beach. See, I would have been right that time. I mean, I'm that I'm was a, your guess. Yeah, because I'm a beach guy too. Because I don't really want to get into the lake when the water's all green and I can't really see what's underneath right. me. I just, I don't, I'm not vibing with that. My family loves the lake. You know, I don't I don't hate the lake. I would just prefer either, yeah. the beach. They're big camping people. Oh, well, I hate. No, I'm just kidding. I, I'm dealt with. So, all right, let me ask you a question. Are we talking camping or glamping? There's glamping. a pretty big difference. Glamping. Okay, so they got the big camper with the air yeah. conditioning. Okay, me too, because I can glamp, but I ain't that pulling. <laughs> right. the, look, let me tell you a little right. story, Macy. I went last time I went to Spring River over in Arkansas. I don't even know if you know what that is, but. 
I went over there. It was hot as hell. And like day three, we're in tents. Like, all right, we're packing up to leave. I started mm. taking down my tent. I got so frustrated. I picked it all up and threw it in the garbage can. I'll no, never do another tent again. Are you serious? Dead serious. And it was like that two room tent thing. You right. know what I'm saying? It was not right. pretty sight. And I don't know why me and my first wife got divorced, but I'm pretty sure that played into it. Pretty sure that was the reason. All right. So the next question, would you rather like just on a normal, I guess it depends on the situation, but right. wear sweats or a dress? Sweats. Absolutely. I asked that question and and because that's how my daughter feels. And I wanted to see if she felt the same. Oh, yes. Yes. A hundred percent. So obviously I have I have two two daughters. I have a wife and everything. And I think that like are, are like leggings, like the new sweats, because like that's just what I see every day. Right. Like a lot of people like leggings. Personally, I prefer sweats over leggings, but a good pair of leggings is pretty comfortable. I, I'm feeling you. I feel you. I yeah. feel you. They all got like something this Lulu lemon that cost me yeah, like eight hundred dollars okay, a pair. Right. right. So I, yeah, I'm, very comfortable. I don't. How can they be more comfortable than sweats? I feel like that's why sweats were created because they were like, you know what? We need to find the most comfortable thing well, on earth. Macy, we now know that Daniel has never put on a pair of Lulu lemon. Right. Lights. I was gonna I, say maybe I he, he should try them. It's Fabletics for dudes, my guy. But either way. And I feel like just from the this interview, I know the answer to this one too, but glass half full or glass half empty? Half full. Of course, it's half full always. <laughs> All right. It's half empty, my guy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, true. But <laughs> All right. So if you could pick one or the other, would you rather go to a concert or a sporting event? Any concert or any yeah, sporting event. Any. I'm talking like any in the world. Oh, I would say like if I if I could go to like a World Cup final or something, I'm definitely choosing that. Over any concert. Okay. Well, the next yeah. question was going to be what's the sporting event? But thank you for jumping ahead yeah. of us, Macy. <laughs> I, I'm Great curious job. to know the concert though. I mean, or is she going to hit that R and B, you know, smooth Caesar, or you know, what are we doing? <laughs> right. So do you, if you go, have you seen uh, Daniel Caesar in person in concert? I haven't. He came to Atlanta, but it was like, he's not like super big. I feel yeah, like. Yeah. Um, so was he like, like in like a, tiny, like, a, like a tiny little venue? Yeah. He was in a small venue. So does everybody like get their phones out and turn their flashlights on and like wave them around <laughs> like this? Yeah, exactly. See, when we were growing up, it was lighters, you know, I don't right. think they let y'all do that anymore. So. <laughs> look, look, Randy, I know that y'all turn y'all's phones off and, I, and I'm going to tell you what that buzz was. That was Macy Hodge getting invited by lounge dog to the left field lounge lounge <laughs> lounge always comes through for shout out lounge. They were, they're having therapy sessions for Mississippi state baseball. Um, <laughs> so the next question, this is going to be a good one. Would you rather be attacked by a tiger or a grizzly bear? Um, and don't be like the last guy and say that you could outrun a grizzly bear because Macy, you cannot. That was your guy from Tennessee. Just don't. I'm gonna before. say I'm gonna say tiger. Why were you gonna say tiger? I, don't I would know. say tiger too. Because she said they beat LSU, bro. <laughs> I feel like a bear is like more scary because it's standing up. I agree. And let me tell you another story. You know, you sound like you see these crazy people that like have tigers as pets and they're like right. rubbing on them as like their cats, you know, purring uh -huh. and whatnot. I ain't never seen nobody have a grizzly bear as a pet. Right. Just chilling exactly. and Daniel, you better tell her why it's a tiger or why, why it's not a tiger. So look, look, let me tell you something. Mace. When you're a bear, you spend a quarter of your year sleeping. 
That, right. That means he's a quitter. <laughs> on the on the other hand, you have a tiger who you what do you know? You, you know much about tigers? But it also means the bear is well rested. What, thank you. So okay. he's he might not get tired because he he's slept so much. Okay, true. But you seen cocaine when, bear previews? Okay, funny. <laughs> <laughs> but a tiger does their hunting when? At nighttime. At night. And uh, that's one scary mother. So, but do you know, like, the male tigers don't even do the hunting? No, that's, that's, that's lions. That's lions, bro. Oh. Tiger, there's a there's a difference? Yes. And don't ever <laughs> so you, disrespect tigers. Well, you're telling me that a, ti- a male tiger does the hunting? They, are, they both do because they're badass. I think we're going to have to fact check this. All I know is I saw Cocaine Bear. He caught up to an ambulance going full speed. Okay. So I don't want none of that smoke. And you can't climb a tree to get away from it. They'll climb it with you. That's what they do. Male tigers not only do the hunting, but they do it alone, not in packs. See, this is why I don't like tigers. They're solo acts. That's Daniel's. I'm I'm, I'm big on He's scary. He's off in the night in the bushes. You're not seeing it. You know I think it's the longest we've ever went on this question. Yeah. Okay. Well, the yeah. last question I got for you before you get off the hot seat, and this is definitely one that your friends are probably going to judge you on, but I want you to answer it honestly. Okay. Would you rather betray your best friend or be jailed for a crime you did not commit? Like what crime is it? It oh no 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 no. Let me tell you something, Macy. We're not gonna we're not gonna quantify this thing with this crime. I feel like that plays into the decision. Are you ten plus years? Yeah, we're talking. You're going to jail for ten plus years, or you can betray your best friend. Caveat here: these are two of my best friends snitching off top, singing like a canary. And wait, betray and they're going to jail, or that's just different scenarios. Totally, totally different. We're just okay. saying, let's get the an, let's get the answer to both. Let's find yeah. out. Like, oh, this is stressful. No, I don't want to answer the other one. <laughs> that was yeah. No, the, I feel I you tell, on that. I right. tell you what, only because I know your kids, would I not put y'all in jail? But I'm going to tell you right now, if y'all didn't have those kids, I'd put y'all in jail. Heartbeat. <laughs> Look, I don't, I don't give a <sighs> damn about your kids. Dang, you just gonna leave my kids out to dry like that? Wowzers, <laughs> we're learning. Well, this is the last in off the bench podcast episode. <laughs> All right, back to Macy. The, this is Macy's episode. There'll be all right. This is Macy's episode. Are you betraying your best friend or are you going to jail for something you did not do? Okay, Kata, if you hear this, I'm so sorry, but I think I might have to betray you. Yo, <laughs> yo. jail for 10 years. That's like, that's a little excessive. If it was it's, three, three or less. Three? Hey, that's say- dedication. I'm not doing three for either of y'all either. Macy, let me tell you something. If a police officer said, sir, you could do three minutes in this jail or snitch on Daniel Ball. I'd be like, Daniel, one time we was in ninth grade and then dude cheated on the test. He is out of there. Three minutes, three seconds. If he even tells me I got to get in the back of the cop car, I'd be like, one time I saw him going to Disney World, he got on the wrong train. And that's a true story. That is a true story. <laughs> I told Randy I'll be there in about five minutes. Yeah. 30, it's 35 minutes. <laughs> I was like, yo, man, you good? He's like, uh, so uh, it's been a morning, and uh, we got on the wrong train. I'm like, damn, you're the one that lives here, cousin. You got lost. He's like, it's easy to do in Disney World. It's the happiest <laughs> place on Earth. You know, you get, you get sidetracked looking at other stuff. 
So, well, Macy, before you get out of here, anything you want to plug or promote? Not really. Not I mean, really. No. Not, well, I mean, she could have promoted I'll, her best friend since you just yeah, betrayed right. her. But no, I know. Yeah, could have put put your best friend over, but you you decided not to. That's that's all good. That that knife, it, it'll just stay in that back for a little bit longer. <laughs> so I'll help you out if y'all want to see what Macy's doing on Monday night. Maybe she's doing a podcast. Who knows? Or maybe it's Taco Tuesday. Who knows? Or you just want to see her hanging out on the weekend, going over to IG. That's inst that's Instagram for for those old folks that don't know. I'm not I'm not throwing shade at myself. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. But head on over, M Mace Hodge, or if you want to see Macy on the pitch doing things at Mississippi State, going over to Hell State Soccer, and you'll get to see all of the women's soccer action at Mississippi State. Macy, we wish you nothing but the best. If there's anything we can do for you along the way, please reach out to us. Thank you guys so much for having me. Absolutely. Hopefully, the Bellsmith will reach out to you. Hopefully, Lounge will reach well, out Lounge to you. Lounge has already done it. She, he said she's got the invite this weekend. It's on. So you okay. got, you're going to have bells and food. Like, what, what more could. Right. I mean, I'm excited. Let's go. That's Macy Hodge, everybody. We're going to take a quick little break. I mean, quick. We got to plug our sponsors so we can pay some of these bills. But when we come back, we got a lot of college baseball to unpack. We got the NBA All-Star game to talk about. And who knows? We might get into some Russell Westbrook. Have you heard about the guys over at Chinook Seedery? They're the only sunflower seed company that is taking the time to connect with college athletes and trying to help them build their brand. They have eight flavors from mild to wild with way less salt and no sandpaper tone. So check them out today over at ChinookCedary.com. All right, boys. So you know I've struggled with pain. You know I've struggled with weight loss. You know I've struggled with anxiety. And you know I've struggled with sleep. What if I told you there was a place that could help you with all of these things? True Life Dispensary, pain relief without narcotics, sleep, weight loss, anxiety relief. You can find this at 117 West Commerce Street in Hernando. Hours, Monday through Friday, 9 to 7, Saturday, 10 to 5. So check them out and get your life turned around. Welcome back to the In Off the Bench podcast. We got some headlines for you, and we're going to start with what was the most anticipated college baseball season uh, of date. I mean, I, I think we were all excited, ready for the season to start two months ago, if not you know, longer than that. But it, it finally came around. And uh, Randy, we'll start with you, man. We'll, we'll jump to Tennessee. Um, high expectations, one of the top teams in the country they went out and out west in the the desert showdown or desert classic or whatever they wanted to call it out there they um i don't know was it was it a rough go was it as expected was it does it even matter uh i mean in the grand scheme of things no it doesn't matter now the haters will tell you they didn't lose their um, what was it? Their second game until April of last year. 
Um, so then I kept seeing people, and I'm including Tennessee fans in this, this team's not going to be as good as last year's team. Well, no shit. Like, if anybody thought – Because historically, not really any teams have been. If anybody thought they were going to replicate 57-9, and I mean, you were fooling yourself. So what I saw was that Tennessee, they they get invited, and Tony Vitello talked about this after. Uh, Could you start at home against a non-conference opponent? He didn't say this, but against a lesser opponent – Get you some feel good. Get into this. Get into the the feel of things. Get going. Sure, that that would be great. But he, I got what well, he got. Said they got invited to the tournament. He didn't want to turn it down. Great opportunity for his team. It's a young team, integrating some new faces. So they go out there, find out an hour and a half before their first game that the number four transfer in college baseball, Maui Ahuna, was not eligible to play in the game. And he's not, he's ineligible indefinitely. There is no timeline on this. And they just find out right before they play the game. Uh, I have a big problem with that. So Maui Ahuna, for those that don't know, has been on campus in classes since June of 2022. It's February of 2023, and they haven't figured this out yet. NCAA should be ashamed of themselves. This is just the latest example of ineptitude from the NCAA, and they should ban the NCAA. They're let, useless as anything. Let, let me tell you this, Rand. I know how you feel. I, I've been there. You you have. You have I've been with there the, it, with the James Wiseman thing. Well, and DeAndre Williams, same way. I mean, even this year know, with McFat McAdden. McFat, what's his name? McAdden. McAdden. Yeah. It, it's just they are. I don't know. It's like they nobody rules over them so they go well we can basically do what we want yeah i i agree and i i don't think that's fair to the players (laughs) because it's almost like they're holding them hostage like the player has no recourse that they can do but yet when maui does get eligible to play he's going to go out there and generate revenue for them yeah for for what for what yeah, exactly. And let me let me ask this: Does obviously you know he's a big name, he's a great player. Does he make a difference this weekend? I I tend to think, looking at the score of the games and the offense, like he has to, right? I agree. Yes. Yeah, so yes, I do think he makes a big difference. But I do want to point out, Jazz Love played shortstop, uh, been there a couple years, admirably. So Jazz, if you hear this, come on the show. Let's tell your side of the story. No, no knock on you, my man. You were played great. But what you also didn't, Griffin Merritt was suspended for the first two games because of his ejection after the game was over. His last game was Cincinnati. So you're missing two big, hit, big hitters in your lineup. When you, Yeah, when you're talking about a lineup that wasn't going to be last year's, as you said, and yeah. you're missing two key components right out the gate. You're missing two of them. And it just, also, if you think about it, DB, you coach college baseball, you played college baseball. If you find out right before your opening game that one of your best players all of a sudden can't play and it's not an injury or anything like that, it tends to take the wind out of your sails, right? Yeah, I mean, especially when – you basically wrote the lineup card and everyone knows what it is. And you're like, all right, let's go. And then all of a sudden you got to go, well, Hey guys, audible, you know? Yeah. It's going to take the, would it be enough to put them in a, in a funk to where they lose the game? It shouldn't, but no, it shouldn't. It can definitely like damper the 
the first game out, the the excitement that goes into that. So, well, when you look um, at the scores of these games, Daniel, and you look at because the pitching actually, you know, Burns and Dolander. Okay, so Dolander, you know, he last year what he did was not going to be repeated, <laughs> obviously. Um, you know, with a sub one ERA, but like you know, just giving up a couple runs. What do we know with this pitching staff that? you know, if you do that, you're going to win games. And so when you can't produce three runs, that is problematic. And that probably changes if you have just those two bats more than likely. Speaking of the pitching, I'm going to read you guys these stats. This is all three games. This weekend, 25 innings pitched, five earned runs, seven runs, 19 hits, eight walks, 28 Ks by your starters in Dolander, Burns, and Bean. Also, 19 of the 28 strikeouts were from the starters, Dolander, Burns, and Bean. Your starting pitching was good enough to win you the games. Your offense was not. And I don't want to put it off on, like, the NCAA is the reason Tennessee lost because Tennessee is the reason they lost. They had a lot of opportunity. They got base runners on almost, it seemed like, every inning. They drew some walks, and then they would go one, two, three. They would get a base hit and then go one, two, three. They would have two outs, hit a ball into right center, and a junior, and I love Zane Denton. This is not a knock on him. This had to be, I don't know if he got the signal or what. The number one rule in baseball from the time you play T-ball on is you never run into the third out on third base. So you run it, and there was some base running errors outside of just Zane that they just made a couple of goofy mistakes that I don't think you're going to see later on in the year. Uh, you were also missing Frank Anderson from your first game because of his suspension last year. So I think that once they get this lineup figured out, obviously – Griffin played the last game that, you know, they win that game seven to nothing. Um, he got hit in the nose, stayed in the game, bloody nose and everything. The dude's a tank. Uh, Blake Burt got off, started hitting. Uh, you saw Christian Moore get off and start hitting. Uh, you saw Kyle Booker get a couple of hits. I, I think it wasn't Boy, I, all bad. I tell you what, on the Booker thing, and I, and I sent this to y'all, you know, obviously my post, my post didn't reach the entire nation. Um, I'm upset on God like that, but it was interesting that Booker was in the graphic when I said we were 48 hours from baseball and remember, you know, these college athletes, they got families on here and then boy, Booker has the opening bad game and they are out to, he, he ain't it. He shouldn't be in line. I was like, God bless <laughs> yeah. man. You people are ridiculous. It, it was uh, what I was more disappointed about than anything. And, and Jim saw it, but DB for you was the, the social media attacks from Tennessee's own fan base. And, and it's not surprising, but, like, the overreaction after, for one, when you saw the haters come out and say they lost to a couple of unranked teams, it just lets me know that you're a casual that doesn't follow college baseball because Arizona is a quality program. Grand Canyon, quality program. They're littered with MLB prospects. They have the number two shortstop in the country. And, and that's why, Close. look, it's, as much as I go back and forth with Kendall Rogers, so all these people, Randy knows it. Tennessee was dropped so far in all these different rankings, and then D1 only dropped them one. And Kendall Rogers defended it and said they didn't lose to nobodies. Like Randy just said, they didn't stay at home and take the easy way, he, which which he alluded to right out the gate. They went on the road and played great competition. Like, if they lose again this next week, then it'll be a different story. But no reason to panic. I think all the people who just, like, automatically started dropping Tennessee out of their top ten have lost their minds. Yeah, I mean, here here's the thing. It's early in the season, and they went out and they didn't have two of their their best hitters. Their pitchers, at you know, starting pitchers averaged 
one and a half earned runs a game and nine strikeouts. That's enough to win. Where where it faltered was exactly what Randy said. There were some mistakes that are uncharacteristic of what they do that you can't have mistakes like that against teams like Arizona and Grand Canyon. They're, they're going to beat you, especially when they, they're playing pretty good baseball. So, um, you know, I, I think it's for those that are, are up in arms about this, they don't know baseball and it's going to be a very long season if, if they're that way right now. Because, like, to, to use a team that we're not going to spend any any time on, really, because I don't feel like there's no need, they could have done what Ole Miss did and just beat the crap out of Delaware. What does – I mean – and that's fine. Like, a, a lot of teams did that. LSU did that, right? But, like, to to Kendall's point, they went on the road and challenged themselves out the gate. And you're going to punish them for it? Yeah, I mean, you. you I think – I don't know. I, I don't know there's – the the I'm trying to think of what the reward would be if you won all three games or if you you lost all all three games like what what would be the difference well i I, I honestly i I can actually nothing train. I don't think anything would be the difference and that's, I, that's the thing I can give you the perfect to segue into the showdown talking about sitting with Jalen battles. In that second game where they got punched in the mouth by TCU, Jalen sat there and said they needed that because had they came out of there three and zero, they probably would have been overly arrogant and cocky. They need to know that they're not there yet. Well, you know to your I mean? point, I think that Tony Vitello would never say this. He loved it. He loved it because he gets to go back to Knoxville. They play a two game set starting tomorrow with Alabama A and M and. So the whole way back and all week this week, he gets to say, I told everybody that you guys were overrated and you didn't deserve to be number two. Now, without killing their confidence, but he gets to tell them, you don't, you don't, you have to earn this. It's not given to you. Mm-hmm. You're not. And what did he tell us on our show? You are not last year's team. He, he made it such a point to say that every team stands on its own that I really feel like he's, these guys have got to learn that first. You, just because last year's team was 57 and nine, and th- now you are hunted because of last year's team, and you didn't earn that, but you are that's the reality of the situation. But guess what? They ain't laying down for you. Nope. Grand hey. Canyon didn't care about Tennessee. Nope, not at all. But Jim, you were you were talking about the showdown. You mentioned Arkansas. Uh, but give me give me a summary of what, what you saw in the games and, and just overall atmosphere in and of itself yeah the uh the atmosphere was was absolutely electric obviously there's a couple teams in there i don't understand the the invite i get i get vandy from a talent perspective but they don't travel i mean i was in omaha for 2021 and there was hardly anybody there and if they don't show up for omaha they're definitely not showing up um to the college baseball showdown missouri obviously um obviously we know the results were different than we thought but a team projected to finish last in the SEC, probably not going to travel well. You know, two years ago, they had three top 10 teams in Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Arkansas. But nonetheless, I will tell you that TCU, Texas, um, and Arkansas's fan bases were definitely electric. And that's why that first game, that first night, uh, well, I did watch the TCU, um, TCU Vandy game, and it was a tight game. And then our boy Luke Savage, hey, man, 
Luke Savage obviously gets his offense fired up, even though he's a pitcher, because he comes in and pitches, and then they melee them for six runs in the next inning, and he gets the win for it. Um, and so, so TCU put on Vanderbilt, but Arkansas, Texas, that game, you know, that night I sent you boys a, a, a picture message and the LSU dad sending me talking about you're missing out, not being here. They're all bundled up in their jackets, cold. They're playing Western Michigan, winning 10, nothing, bro. I'm watching 10 or I'm watching Arkansas and, um, Texas play in a tight game and a nice warm, you know, closed major league ballpark. With my kid, couldn't have got any better. Um, Hagen Smith, our guest, was phenomenal. Allowed no runs, had eight Ks through five. Um, they didn't they didn't go too crazy with the pitch count, which that's something I'm going to talk to you about when we get to LSU, uh, Daniel. But, you know, he kept Hagen under 70 pitches and pulled them. Then Cody Adcock came in, um, guest of ours as well, um, did well. And then our guy, Brady Tiger, comes in and shuts the thing down. You know, Co- Cody left two men on. First and second when when Brady took over and uh, I was a little nervous. His dad said he'd been under the weather all week, um, but he comes in one out, strikes them both out, comes out in the ninth inning, three two lead, one two three sets him down. Atmosphere was electric. Arkansas fan base showed out as much as I'm not a calling the Hogs fan. Um, you know they even got my kid to do it. We weren't even sitting with the Tigers during the game. The fans around him talked him into it. So even Jackson called the Hogs. It it was awesome. Um, next day, um, then it was TCU, Arkansas, like I said, TCU handed it, um, to Arkansas. That was when Will McIntyre pitched. Um, he was the guy that me and most of Arkansas Twitter did not think should be in starting the rotation. So while we are not Dave Van Horn, apparently, um, we were all onto something. I don't think he'll stay in that role. I think it will be Adcock or, um, Zach Morris. Um, but TCU's legit, which leads to Sunday because, Arkansas beats the living piss out of Oklahoma State. And then I'm expecting TCU. Me and Randy are already putting TCU in our top five. This is a done deal. And then done. Missouri, then Missouri decides last night they're gonna they're gonna go to extra innings and um they're gonna ruin TCU's weekend. And, and maybe they needed that to be humbled, but um a great showing by by Vandy, great showing by Arkansas, great showing by TCU. Um, one of them probably my favorite moment other than Tiger Daniel, and I posted the clip. Um, if you're not familiar with the Stillwater Regional last year, Rock Reggio had got all kinds of into it with Arkansas. And so our boy Hunter Holland, guest of the show, wasn't even on the team last year, but they were up 10 nothing. And if you saw his first at bat, he got a single and taunted the whole Arkansas crowd as, as the kind of guy he is. So he comes up in his second at bat. Arkansas's up 10 nothing. First pitch, didn't waste no time. He went hit him right in the square of the back. And I That's what's it. up. That's that's how it works now. The the first bat flip I see, and Hunter don't go after the next guy. We're gonna have a problem. Well, well, he showed his he ass gonna... on a single, Daniel. That's the worst part. I mean, fired up, man. And so and so, uh, yeah, he he hit him with that, but they end up ru- putting the run rule on him. We were able to get out of there early, so we were able to get back home in a decent time. Kind of wish I'd have stayed the night now after seeing what happened with Missouri, Texas, but uh. Great atmosphere. I would say it was legitimately not making this up for for TCU um, in Arkansas and Texas in Arkansas. I would say it was more than half full for uh, in, a, in a major league ballpark. It's good numbers. Damn. 
Oh, and the other thing I want to note is Luke Savage, as I posted the picture, the blessed feet setup. That was cool, man. People dropping off shoes and cleats for the kids in the Dominican Republic. Shout out, Luke. So if you if you had to pick of the teams that you saw there, who do you think has the best chance of, I guess, going to Omaha? I guess multiple teams there could go to Omaha. So which who finishes the best out of those teams this season? Um, I've, I, I'm going to say finishes the best. I say TCU probably has a better chance because their conference isn't loaded like the SEC is and SEC West specifically. But I think Arkansas um, showed that I think if they were to rematch and have the right pitching, I think if it would have been Hagen or Hunter, it might have been a different story. Um, I don't think TCU has a great bullpen outside of Luke Savage, but um, from what I saw from Texas, obviously, and then Oklahoma State, um, I, I think TCU, I, I got to see more of Texas Tech, but I think they got a conference that's theirs to roll through. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, obviously, when you when you look at those teams, I think Arkansas, it's, it's hard not to say – it's not going to be Arkansas, um, but I can also see where you you where you do pick TCU. Um, what I'm afraid of is Randy. Do you think TCU is kind of like the the flavor of the week? No, I don't. I think they got uh, their lineup is Murderers Road, and they we know they have the arms to do it. If they, I think that um, from what I was talking to some TCU fans, that they their their thought process they heard that they're going to work Luke into some kind of a starting role. But if I have that kind of weapon to get in, if I get to the fifth or sixth, and then I can bring him in for a couple. I think I leave him there. I think your pitching staff has depth. Uh, so, it's going to be tough. So let me ask you. So that, that's the question I got for you guys, right? So Luke finished out that game, ended up pitching, um, I think, three and two-thirds. Um, and, that, and I think that's why we didn't see him on Sunday, you know, Daniel, once because that next inning, I told you they popped off six runs. Should Luca even continued pitching? I mean, you, how's he feeling? Yeah, I mean, it's I know, but like, and now that you've got a six run cushion, do you have to have your your arguably best bullpen guy out there anymore? I mean, that's no, no. But the the thing is, is what are you, what are you not pitching him for? Like, or what would you be saving him for? Like, go ahead. It's it's the about getting season. No, but like it it's about getting him his innings and getting him his work. Yeah, well, and his coach showed a lot by not throwing him out there Sunday night, right? Because he didn't try to overwork him early in the season because he probably could have went and got that game if he wanted to, because it they had a six two lead. And when it got to six five, I thought I texted Randy because I knew you were asleep. I thought they were gonna go to him and they didn't. And then um, the kid who came in ended up uh, giving up the game time run, and then they went to extras, and it was a different kid. Yeah, I mean, you got to – like, I think with Luke, the coach probably knows what he's got. So put, bringing him back after he pitched the day before in that situation, he probably knows, well, I think Luke is my best option. I think he's going to be fine no matter when I put him in giving this opportunity to be in this situation. What I got to do is take guys that have never been in it and see how they adapt. Because that's what I loved about what Arkansas did in the TCU game when they were getting smacked. Um, he pitched five, Dave Van Horn ended up pitching five freshmen. That's why the lead kept growing 
But you know what? He gave them a chance and an opportunity to see what they got, especially against, like Randy said, a team that can absolutely swing it in, in that environment. Boys I mean, break. I think Brady is a prime example of why you want to give guys, young guys, innings early. Because you're going to need them. The depth, you got to have depth to win it. And I would say that in that showdown, all those teams are, are planning on playing pretty deep this season. So you got to have the guys got to be, you know, confident when you put them out there, no matter the situation. The only way to do that is, is to give them opportunities now early in the season to be in those situations. Speaking of the guys, your guys got some guys. Yeah, they got some guys, um, you know, I, I'll talk about the pitching, but I want to talk about Braylon Wimmer, shortstop. I mean, seven for 12 this weekend, two bombs. He looked, he looked great. Is that good? That That's real good. That's, okay. that's real good. Braylon wow. Wimmer was one somebody who committed to the show. He didn't flake. He actually, uh, that was when uh, he had an injury, and I think, like, he just kind of shut himself because he, he went from saying I was absolutely down to all of a sudden kind of just disappearing. Well, let me tell you this. He he's not hurt. That's for sure. No, he didn't um, certainly didn't look it. Daniel, do I need to message Will right now and tell him we need Braylon? Yeah, absolutely. Tell him we need we need Braylon and we need Noah Hall and Jack Mahoney. Noah Hall, Jack Mahoney, uh, both give you five plus innings. Only give up um between the two of them one earned run. Uh, Will had four innings. He got a win. Um, obviously, you know, South Carolina is not playing anybody. Um, and it's a team that they should beat. And it's one of those, you know, like you mentioned, non-conference or, you know, basically a couple. But how many home runs did they hit, Daniel? It doesn't matter who they're playing. They, they, led, they led the country this weekend in home runs with 14, which. That's, that's only one more than Rake Forest, baby. Yeah. And so, like, I don't know, like, whether – obviously, that's that's a lot. But, it like, how that – like, what that means, I, I don't really know. Well, well I'll does say that, this. Does that I'll mean they're going to be able to hit everything that's thrown at them? I don't think so. I'll does say this mean... in relation to that, though, Daniel. Rake, Rake Forrest played four games, actually, this weekend, which is an interesting thing. Hmm. How about that? They did Rake, though. They, cool. You know, tell you what. They, they can swing it a little bit. I, I'm now pissed even more at, at AJ for drafting Brock Wilkin. I'm well, not. I'm, I'm not, man. It seems still. He hit, he hit three bombs this weekend, bro. He did. He had three bombs. But to to end on South Carolina, obviously they got uh, Winthrop and Queens coming up midweek. Should be two wins. Hopefully get some guys a lot of innings. Um, and then they're back at it against Penn. Um. For a weekend set so you know they 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 could go into next week you know eight eight wins eight no that that should be the plan um but we'll see obviously baseball is a funny game and anything can happen but jim take us to baton rule what happened out there with with your tigers so on friday Paul Skeens does what Paul Skeens does, but this is where me and you need to have a talk. Yes, he's National Player of the Week for all college baseball. Ooh, I, I don't think going. he. I don't think he should have been, but that. Uh, 
I digress. I, I don't I don't think he should have <laughs> either because of who he of who he faced, but that's not Randy knows right where I'm going. Okay, so I watched the pitch count on a lot of starting pitchers. Randy told me what Dolander was at when he got pulled. I know what Hagen Smith was at. You tell me, Daniel, why the hell Paul Skeens is throwing 98 pitches against Western Michigan, especially since they had a comfortable lead in the first game of the season. He was dominating them fools. But it, it every other coach team had the idea of, hey, you need to, to, to pull back. It's the first game of the season. Oh, I agree. He never would have gone over 85 for me. Let me let me ask you this. Did he play anywhere else the rest of the weekend? Nope. Nope. Maybe that's why. Maybe they said, hey, we're Oh, we're Jay, not... Jay's already made it. He's not gonna be the oh Otani that we hoped he was. He's gonna be no. a pitcher. Well then I don't know, other than it was let's get your work in, let's so I guess a lot of it is to like what what pitches was he throwing? Was he throwing that, that was the brag. He was throwing they said 98 90, miles an his hour. 98th pitch was 98 miles an hour. Well, I mean, then that tells me he's still still got it. So he still got I, it, but I'm just saying it's a long season. Is there is there any upside to pitching him any longer? No, he's probably getting work in. He's probably at a point now where his bullpens are extended. Um, you know, if he's throwing one and you're not going to mimic the best in-game scenario unless you're in a game. Um, but, yeah, I, I probably wouldn't have pitched him that much. But, I mean, who am I to question Jay and what he does? He's, he's Well, he knows what his, he's doing. His pitching coach, Wes Johnson, they call him Wes Tommy John Johnson, just, just to uh, give you a heads up. But – um, so obviously they look great. They win Saturday. Riley Cooper takes the mound. Um, he has been uh, a staple of their bullpen. I don't think that I expect him to stay starter. I don't, I don't know what Jay's kind of playing with, but, uh, nonetheless, it, it worked out. Um, I'll note from the first game, Tommy freaking white diving back to first on a, on a throwback to first, um, it ended up not being a dislocated shoulder, but nonetheless, he missed the rest of the weekend. They haven't been clear. I think he's going to be back this next weekend, but nonetheless, um, nothing worse than the second. Uh, number two transfer in the portal getting hurt um, in the first couple innings of the first game, just diving back to first. Um, so that sucked. But um, game two, Riley Cooper looked good. Um, game three. Okay, so we had – obviously, you boys missed the episode, but Ty Floyd on here. Um Ty Floyd, by all accounts, was going to be a starter from the general media. Ty Floyd told me on this show he was going to be a starter. So they go with the freshman, Chase Shores. And this is where I'm going to ask you again, Daniel. All right, so they only end up pitching him three and a third. And then Ty Floyd comes in, and he pitches four. Flawless. Flawless. No hits, no walks. I think he had five Ks. Anyway, innings solidifying that he should actually be your starter. Why, why, Daniel, why did he pitch the freshman instead of the guy who was a part of his weekend rotation last year and was supposed to be his weekend rotation this year? Make me understand what's going on in Baton Rouge, Daniel. We it's, don't see it every day, though. Yeah, we you don't see them practice every day, but also, like, the, the freshman has never been in this situation, so put him out there in a – and and start him 
Like, you know Ty Floyd can go out there and start you a game and give you an outing, right? Right. So you're saying against Western Michigan, start the season, let's see what the freshman's got. That's what you're saying. Uh, absolutely. When it doesn't matter at all. Like, and so do you feel the same way about the Riley Cooper thing? That's a, he's he's earned his chance playing coming yes. out of the bullpen. Okay. So that is that's that's what we're going with. And I, I don't, you know, I like I said, I don't know what they do at practice, but this guy may have earned himself. Like he may, may be just doing now, everything. Jay Shores just... can throw a hundred just like skiing, so that's that helps his case. Uh he's a He's a legit freshman stuff, but we we won't we won't go deep. I, I I like I like your analysis. That's why I asked you. Um, you know, obviously, dude. Uh, Cruz had cruise missiles. Uh, Joe Bear, um, he raked. Um, Jordan Thompson, Randy. Hey, like George George Cruz knows what he's talking about. He said Jordan Thompson gonna be an X factor. Everybody talk about his defense, and he shouldn't be out there. He played hurt last year. Well, um, LSU had zero errors on opening weekend, and Jordan Thompson absolutely raked with multiple bombs. So there you go. George Cruz watches him. He knows his son is Dylan Cruz. I'm going to take his word for it. X factor. Well, looking back on the weekend, Jim, who, who impressed you the most and who least impressed you? Um, I feel like we should – create a weekly like saying for this this question like who impressed you the most should get the whatever and then the least impressive should get the whatever i'm down i'm down we get we can do it next week and we'll have extra time because randy won't be available till wednesday so um but i thought i had my solid answer like i said me and randy were messaging i thought i thought tcu was gonna be my i was ready to go i was i, I was ready to talk about they were the best team of the weekend and then they lost in the end so i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna go with one or two teams and one of them's yours um i don't care who they're playing the way wake forest and south carolina um it, you know if you're going to play ain't nobody beat the living tar out of them and smash bombs and have your pitching dominate so um i'm gonna, I'm gonna say it's one of those two all right. Who who least impressed you? Texas. I mean, I get that they lost a lot of guys, but this is a team that is a perennial Omaha team, really. Like, I mean, they're they're always legit, and to watch them just get manhandled, um, you know, in the college baseball showdown, and I didn't see anything that really made me think that it's going to change when they leave there. Um, it's it's pretty disappointing. Yeah. Randy, what about you? Who impressed you and who least impressed you? Most impressive that I think I'm going to go with Missouri because everybody picked him, including me, to finish last in the SEC, and I still think they will, to be clear. I like want to delete that tweet, by the way, where I did too. <laughs> yeah, I also know that they came in. A lot of people were hating. Why did they get the invite? Why did they do this? And what they did was went down there and went two and one, including beating Texas on a walk off, uh, beating TCU and extra. And they innings. barely lost to Oklahoma State. It's not like they, yeah. you know, they were in that one. Yeah, barely. Yeah, I think that the the field was really, really evenly matched. So shout out to the uh, showdown for the teams that they picked. Missouri proved that they should be there. Yeah. Um, least impressive. Least impressive. Notre Dame. Mainly because I hate them. 
But it showed it showed that all those veteran guys finally moved on after ten years of playing there. Exactly. But the who now it doesn't slip my mind who they lose to, Jim. Oh, I can't even somebody, remember somebody, now. Somebody's but, not even relevant. That, that yeah, and it wasn't like one of those teams like Grand Canyon or UC Santa Barbara that are really good that people just don't know. Like they got beat up on, you know. And I think it was a lot of impressive teams. Um, I know a lot of people would say it was Tennessee. I'm not willing to go there. They play some good teams, but um, I think we saw South Carolina be ultra impressive. Wake Forest ultra impressive. Uh, we saw LSU be do what they should have done. We saw. Ole Miss do what they should have done. We saw the young fella Grayson Sonnier just do his thing. Hey, by the way, while I'm lo- when I went to go look to see who they were playing, you know, a lot of teams ended up playing today. Randy, I just want you to know that Oregon State beat UC Santa Barbara eleven nothing. So you can go ahead and remove them from your top twenty five. UC Santa Barbara, but I, I had Oregon State in there and you didn't, man. So I think, hey, give me some props on that, cuz. <laughs> I I will, and then I'll bury Daniel afterwards to tell him that Gonzaga lost today. But it's all good. They lost a bunch this week. <laughs> oh. um, for me, I think most impressive um, is Brock Wilkins. I mean, he had a good weekend. Uh, anytime you can go out there and hit multiple home runs, that's that's a big deal because it's it's hard to do. Uh, least impressive, I'd have to say Oklahoma State. Um. For some some reason, they 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 beat Missouri in the first game by I think a run, and then they turn around and just get absolutely just hammered. They they lose to Vanderbilt, and then Arkansas just beats the taste out of their mouth. So it's one of those things where you know how we feel about our Oklahoma State football. It's just eventually they just don't win when you think they should, and they just can't turn the corner when you think that they should. This is a, a another example of that. Um, Randy, the team is Lipscomb, by the way, while he's talking. The Wolf Notre Dame. Lipscomb. them fools. Yep. Beat up on. But, Jim, you, you listed in off the bench, especially the, the, the pitching staff from, from the in off the bench guests. Ty Floyd, Cody Adcock, Luke Savage, Grayson Saunier, Drew Beam, Hunter Elliott, Paul Skeens, Will Sanders, Hunter Holland, and Brady got a save. All those guys picking up wins this weekend. Um, you know, of those guys, I mean, is there anybody that, you know, I hate to say it because it, it's, a, it's a hard question. So of those guys, who's going to have the best season? Well, I was hoping you were going to ask a different question because, I mean, I, I think I would – Cheat my way to saying Paul Skeens. I thought you were going to say um, who impressed who impressed me the most, and I was going to go Sanye just because he was a freshman. Um, I mean, I have to go Skeens. You don't have to. I mean, you you talked about Ty Floyd looking so good, he should have got more. In well, it. if I was going to do that, I just go Brady about Tiger, who came out there with a stomach bug and rolled. That's debatable whether he had a stomach. I, I know we ate Mexican the next day for lunch with him, and I made a joke about it. I was like, for a kid who's sick, um, you went out there and pitched fine, and you're eating Mexican the next day, but that's neither here nor there, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you you got to see Hunter do his thing, throwing at people. 
not scared. Uh, Will Sanders picked up a win. Uh, and then the thing was, you you said I listed the pitchers. If I actually listed all our guests that hit bombs this weekend, it would actually be longer than that list. We'll just say this, Randy. Our guest had a good weekend. Good weekend. Gonzo had a grand slam. Go ahead, Jacob. A lot of good weekends. Go ahead. Of all the of all the pitchers, and there's a there's a ton of great ones outside of like Paul Skeens. Drew Beam is like the forgotten dude from the Tennessee staff. He was absolutely the best pitcher on Tennessee staff all weekend long. Period. And the prettiest. I'm not gonna say that because if you looked at Twitter Friday night, um, Chase Dolender was trending because of how absolutely just handsome the man hey, is. Hey, as, as we're joking about that, Daniel wasn't in the Twitter space last night, and I'm so glad you addressed it. I wasn't oh, gonna man. say I wasn't gonna I had say to, nothing, bro. But when when dude said homeboy Daniel, he said dude on Mississippi State had the nicest thighs he'd ever seen. And then <laughs> I doubled down on it and he said, I can't stop staring at him. <laughs> I was like, Whoa. I was gonna let it go, but Randy, as soon as his speaker came on, he addressed it. I said, yo, 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 I think I missed something. Can we go back to that part where you said dude had the best thighs in college? He goes, oh, yeah, I'm not ashamed. I'll say it again. I'm like, Daniel, Daniel, you're you're still playing college baseball. Somebody tells you you have the best thighs. How do you feel about that? I mean, um, <laughs> it's flattering and appreciative, but just fucking strange. <laughs> I mean, you know, you you want you want to look, you want your legs and your butt to look good in your pants, but you don't need other folks. You don't need. Let's put it this way: you don't. You want the right people to tell you you look good, right? So, and oh, also while I'm thinking about that Mississippi State, the uh, disappointing, just they didn't have a disappointing weekend, but a disappointing game, Daniel. Um, Mississippi State on Saturday blew a. 10-1 lead to VMI, which I didn't even know what that school was. I had to look it up. Virginia military. military. Yeah, but anyway. 14 walks? 14 walks, Daniel. And so You're not going to win a lot of games. Yeah, v, VMI was 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 given runs. I mean. That's... They only had six hits, DB, and they won, what, 13 to 12? Mm-hmm. Or 14 to 13, whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, 14 13, I think, yeah. Can't have that, That's some garbage. They got to do better. But speaking of do better, Randy, I'm I'm gonna call this segment the 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 Randy stand on his soapbox, talk about how trash All Star Weekend is. So this this is your chance. So All Star Weekend, um, three point, uh, the Rising Stars game, celebrity game, dunk contest, leading into last night's, um. Abomination game. So let's start with the everything else other than the game. Are you okay with all of that, or and you you just are unhappy with the game itself, or the whole weekend has just got to go? I don't. I, I'm. I'm a man. I actually think they did a pretty good job this year. With the dunk contest was awesome. Max McClung saved it. You had to invite a G leaguer to save your dunk contest. This is what I think they should do. Invite like professional dunkers in there. Let's see some crazy stuff, man. Let's spice it up some, but the whole thing, you know, we've always seen it. The guys sitting on court side, got their phones out and they're on the sideline with their kids and all that's cool, man. I think it's a good scene. 
Um, but uh, there's a couple things I had a problem with All-Star Weekend. For one, the three-point contest, um, it wasn't very good. It wasn't very entertaining. I actually did see today that the dunk contest was the most watched dunk contest in NBA history. That is crazy. It's got to be because of the streaming options. I'm I, I'm 100% convinced. But for the yeah, no, no way with the name, the lack no of way. name power. There's no way. No way. And, and there was some really bad dunk. Like and, and on the three point contest, I only know that Dame won it. Who did? Did who was his biggest competition? I didn't watch, so I don't know. Uh, um. Well, for one, this is the mockery. They had Julius Randle in as a three point contestant. Oh That's my. A joke. You well, gotta get, get names. <laughs> you gotta get the names in there, bro. I mean, it's absolutely, it's just, it's ridiculous. But the I my think thing cool. is, when it comes to the three point contest, people want to see somebody not miss. I mean, like get true. that was the beauty of always having Clay and Steph in there. Like, let's go. I agree. You you put Clay, you put Steph. Those guys are injured. Put Desmond Bain. Put their. Yuta Ottawa, whatever the hell his name is, used to be on the Grizzlies, now he's on the Brooklyn Nets. The best three-point shooter in the NBA. Doesn't even get an invite. So, for what? Hell, you could have thrown, you could have thrown, if you're not going to have Steph Curry, you could have thrown Seth Curry in there. Very good shooter. Why did Desmond Bain not get the invite? You got Jaren already there. You got Ja already there. And then don't even get me started on the game. But this is my number one gripe. Hey, by the way, my soapbox. before you stand on your I got one other thing. I heard Giannis drafted Ja when he wasn't draft eligible. He did. Ja was a starter, and he drafted him as a bench player. The, the audacity. But then he drafted him second pick, so it's cool. Jaren actually got picked last. But either way, this is my biggest gripe of the weekend, DB, and I, and I don't know if this fell under the radar or what, uh, but the NBA propping up Carl Malone, I know it was in Utah. That's an absolute joke. For yeah. them to know what that guy did and for him to be asked directly about it and say, that's my personal life. I've already dealt with that. Nah, bro. You don't get to impregnate 12-year-olds and then come back 20, 30 years later and say, oh, that's in the past. Nah, no. Nah, it's not in the past. It's right now, and you got to answer that bell every time you get in this camera and every time you represent this brand and this badge. They never should have done that, and I don't even blame him because he ain't doing anything but driving his 18-wheel on his farm. I blame the NBA. Mm. Yeah, if you're if you're about – Growing the game and character and all this shit. And then that's who you are okay putting in front of the camera, being your face of All-Star Weekend just because you played there. Why don't you go out and get me some John Stockton or some Jeff Hornacek or Greg Ostertag. Go get me some of them dudes. Absolutely. Boy, Iron name, he threw some names out there. I mean, right, Greg. Yeah, woo. Jeez. But I, I feel you, man. I, I I watched the game, and it was it was a hard watch. I'm not gonna lie, guys are just it it was like rebound, pass, shoot, inbound, pass, shoot, dunk, it, and that there was zero defense, which I get it. Like I I totally get it, but it was like long passes down the court to. The guys, yeah, I mean, it was almost like the dudes were just sitting down on the floor. So let me ask you a question. Have you ever seen it before where the coaches of the actual All-Star game are saying it's the worst basketball game ever played? No. This was the first. But, like, you – so there's a – there was a – 
I don't know who it was, but it might have been Tatum, but or it might have been Dame. I don't know. One of the two pulled up a th- for three at half court. They hit the shot and then they pan over to Luca and he's it's just like he's got this like what the fuck are we doing? Like look on his face. Like like they they made it look like it was him being like, Oh my god, this is unbelievable what no, I'm he's watching. Like, what? He's like, Why are we here? So like yeah, that I think that's my point. Like, why are we here? Like what is what is the point? Like what does the winner get? What do the winners get? I mean, they used to get a little bit of money, but does that matter anymore? No, no. not as much as like baseball where you get home field advantage. But it, I mean, there's, there's no like, yeah, there's no home field advantage or home court advantage or there, there's nothing that you're playing for. I will say, say this, but uh, what's the space for, for uh, Boston? Guy with the mask, Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown. Shout out to him for actually playing. He did. You know, he went one on one with Jason Tatum for twenty five minutes. Yeah, but I mean, it. He's a dog, it, though. You expect it, that from Jalen? He could have easily have been like, you know what? I'm I'm not gonna play. Like my face is hurt. I got this mask on. Like, and people would have been like, all right, cool. I, I get it. That's why. That's why Randy's always been a big. Brown guy, not a team guy, because Brown is an absolute dog. I don't know. It's is it to the point, or is it at the level of the Pro Bowl yet? It's worse. I think so. I yeah, they were talking. They were talking about the Pro Bowl the other day, and they said the where they messed up was taking it out of Hawaii because at least guys got excited because they would go spend the week in Hawaii. Now you're going to like Miami and Arizona and. There is nothing exciting about that. Agreed. And then you just said, and then you just said, as you said, the NBA All Star Game is in Utah. Like, and I don't uh, usually you hear. Uh, I like I like to listen to Eric Hasselton talk about going from city to city, and Utah is definitely not high up on his list. Yeah. Well, apparently Utah is not high on Russell Westbrook's list either <laughs> because he is headed back to LA. Well, I mean, didn't even have to move. Yeah, what what was the need for the the brief stint in Utah when he could have just? Well, there was he was traded there. He was traded there, and so and then they he was never going. He never wanted to play there, and they never wanted him. So the feeling was mutual, and it was it was about buying him out and cutting him. And then there was three suitors. I seen Mike Hughes very sad today because he wanted him to be a bull. But uh, Ty Lue made it clear that he wanted Russ. Russ obviously is from L.A., wants to play in L.A., just ended up being the other L.A. team. And, um, you know, he's had some teammates that said they enjoyed playing with him and some teammates who said they didn't enjoy playing with him. But one of the ones who said they really enjoyed playing with him was one Paul George. So um, I think that probably played into it. And I actually, when I started studying the roster – um, he actually had a good stint with Rocco and Eric Gordon in Houston. So, I mean, he's playing with a lot of guys that uh, he's got some relationships with. So, from a fan perspective, obviously this is a better fit for him, but is it the team that you're like, are you excited for him to be on this team? Yes, because I don't dislike – 
anybody on the team, first of all. So it's not like having to deal with um, Patrick Beverly, LeBron James. Um, you are going from a team. I wanted to double check before I said this. They are in third to last to a team that is fourth in the West and only a game out of third. Um, and a team that he actually – so he was sold that he was going to the Lakers to be part of Big Three. This is this is what I was listening to on TV today that I thought was very great. He was sold being part of the Big Three, and then he never really was part of the Big Three and then um, was told to be in the bench. The The Clippers, he is being told that he will be a big part of what they do and because they specifically – need what he's best at they don't need a shooter and they need a actual point guard so he will fit well there he will not be expected to go out there and have to make a bunch of jumpers the only thing you have to worry about is russ not trying to do too much if he can stay within what they need him to do it will fit well because he's surrounded by talent well mark it on your calendar april 5th uh casey already sent me my ticket well, this is the Lakers and the Clippers. Oh, I thought the you were saying. Well, I, I, I saw. Yeah, no, they, they got that game already set up for ESPN. But go ahead. But let, let me ask you this: Is there, is there, is Russ one of those guys where that game is going to matter to him? Yes, absolutely. And here's what the point that they made: the Lakers, with where they're at at that point, every game's probably going to matter. So not only is it LA on LA. Um, and, and Westbrook, even aside, that's probably might be a must win game at that situation. Um, but yeah, the uh, I had the day wrong, so I March 29th, the Clippers come to the Grizzlies, but yeah, um, the the Lakers, I don't know, Randy, you, you won't be there, yeah, I will. No, you won't, you'll be in Baton Rouge on Wednesday, March 29th. Oh, we leave on the 30th, that's right, I'm leaving on the 29th. But you just made me happier because I just found out that I'm going to watch Russell Westbrook and LSU in back-to-back days. I'm going to be in Tampa. Tampa. So, Randy, or both of you guys, go ahead and know that we're not going to have – and since you just said you'd be traveling anyway, Randy, no episode Wednesday, March 29th. Lock it in your calendar. All right. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll plug that in, and I'll run it by myself. I'll run it through the calendar. Right. I, just, I just put it on our schedule, March 29th, no episode. We'll all be glued to our TV watching John Morant break old man's ankles, boys. And I'm pretty well, sure we, we know that, that Russ wouldn't be who they would have on Jaw anyway. Well, no, well, they usually put Paul George on him, and that don't work out well either. Not yeah. good. So, Randy, I'll let you end the NBA with two things. One – how you feel about Russ to the Clippers? I think it's the best spot for him to land personally. I mean, I, I you know, I, it's obvious how I feel about Russ over the, his course of his career. I wouldn't want him on my team. But I think that a lot of the slander that he was getting, you know, the whole pariah in the locker room and all that, I think that was a little bit too much. I don't, I don't, I don't agree with all that. So this is the best spot. Paul George, like, openly said he wanted him in a league where literally nobody else was saying that. So I think that's the best spot. Russ – more maybe more than any other player we've seen he wants to put off that he doesn't care but he cares tremendously what people think about him so for him to get a place where he feels wanted look i'm all for that man go get your bread and i think that'll help bring his passion and energy back and what they talk about that i was messaging you guys the with Kawhi leonard and paul george notoriously taking maintenance days russell westbrook somebody you want because he doesn't do that and so you got a guy who hey 
Um, these two are not going to play tonight, so go out there and try to get us a W by yourself. <laughs> True that. True that. What was the second part? Second part is just the the state of the Grizzlies. Obviously, coming you know up and down. Finally, get to the All Star break. Um, let's say there's about a two week span where it's kind of uh, hit hit or miss, and, and they're still second in in the West. So it's not like it's this like, oh my God, like you know nine one one situation, but. Um, there were some things that they need to figure out. So I ask you, what is it? Did they just need a break or was there definitely some issues that had to be worked out? And are they still having to work those things out if, if that's the case? I think that it's a long season, grueling season. You've dealt with some injuries. You've played really, really well. You're a young team. You're dealing with for the first time in Memphis Grizzly history, you have an international superstar, his shoes dropping. He's got all this off the court stuff going on, um, you know, with the Pacers and all that, just a few distractions. Now they can say that we're not distracted by all that, but they clearly were. I think what you saw over the last week before the all-star game was them get locked back in a little bit. And, and I'm not pointing fingers at Ja or anybody like that, but I just think that this is first time dealing with this too, right? He's been a star for the past couple of years, but now he's dropping his own shoe line. He's got people that are going to have a, he's got a target on his back. They're going to come after him. They always come after the stars and he's not one to back down. So he's going to say things that are inflammatory. So for me, I think they just got to get locked back in and find their identity on the defensive end. I think right now, what you really have to worry about is the hurt feelings of, of Dylan Brooks. Cause he's a lot like Russ in the fact that he really cares what people think about him, even though you don't want to say that when his home fans booed him a couple games ago, it bothered him. The Grizzlies also, he'll be a free agent at the end of the year. They have not offered him a re-up. There's none of that going on. So you're going to lose this dude for nothing. And to be honest, like he is your best defender as far as on the ball. So you need Dylan to be locked in or you can't get to the top. You just can't. Yeah, and can I, I, mean, I have yeah. a feeling about Dylan. Y'all know how I feel about Dylan. I'm not a Dylan fan. You know, you know why I think I, I like Dylan. Right? I, I, you know, me and Casey were having this talk, and I know they don't play the same kind of game, but I think you're going to agree with this 100. He is like Russell Westbrook in the sense of, with the good comes the bad, and the good can can be something that can win you a game, and the bad can be absolutely something that can lose you the game, and they're both going to give you everything they got. Fair well, something. yeah, I agree with that. But the problem that I do have with Grizzly fans this year is that Dylan Brooks takes like half the shots he used to take. He has absolutely changed his game. He has. And credit to Dylan for that. He doesn't take like the shots last year that I felt like he I, ran them out of the games taken. He's not doing that. I know that the Bulls game that I went to live, uh, he took plenty and a well, couple they had, of them. Were, a, a couple of them were, some folks, bro. A couple of them were, so, but the, man, a couple of those threes were. So I felt like I was like Dylan. You need me to go out there and shoot jumpers for you. Like I ain't done it in a while, but I think I could do better than that. Like he was. I thought the one was gonna hit the side of the backboard. I swear to God. Yeah, and I mean the thing about it is Dylan's not like he's. This is no slight. He's a much better three point shooter than Russ. But the problem is he's not as he's not gonna do the other things that Russ does do when he's locked in. But he's a really good defender, and he's like he can he's a plus player if he'll just play his game. And yeah. what I want to see the Grizzlies do more of is get the ball to Jaron Jackson Jr. more. DB it, Jim, I want to see Jaron. Yeah, if you if you before we we get on the Jaron thing, if you have when Stephen Adams is healthy, 
and you have Dylan, Jaron, and Steven doing what they need to do, and they're doing their roles defensively, that is a problem for any and every team. I agree. And DB's favorite player, Brandon Clark, yeah. throughout all this hullabaloo that's been going on, you know who's been awesome? Brandon Clark. Brandon Clark. Yeah. Steady as anything. That dude has just done his thing. Double doubles, 15, 10, 17, 11, you know, 12 and 12. Like, my guy's just been consistently what, consistent. What, what you need, Coach, I got you. I mean, he he is – energy. And we've, we've talked about it when he's had to go in that start and roll and work. He is the perfect, like you said, energy. He is the perfect guy off the bench to bring that spark, and he will give you what you need. I mean, he he may not ever win the sixth man of the year. Or he may he may very well if that is right, but he he is one of those guys that's just you is irreplaceable off the bench. I agree. He should he probably won't because he doesn't shoot threes, and that's like what the NBA covets. But I'm gonna tell you the X factor that's going to be for the second part of the season is Luke Kennard. We saw the last game. They really kind of developed him into the system. My boy can shoot. And if they put him in some pick and pops, like he was in Detroit, not like he was with the Clippers, because that was an awful situation because they didn't really know what they were at the time. And we, we still don't know really what they are. We just know they got Kawhi Leonard, who when he's healthy, he's probably the top three basketball player in the NBA. But we got to see them gel together and do that whole thing. Cause I still have concerns about chemistry because if you're, if you're Russ and PG-13, who thinks, you know, he's one of the best, and then you got – we know with Kawhi that he's kind of a socially – I don't know if awkward's the right word, but aloof maybe. Like, I just don't know how that that whole thing's going to fit. Or maybe it works perfect because Russ just gets to yell and Kawhi's going to be like, all right, bet, bro. Just don't, don't ye- just don't yell at me. Yeah, just not me, cut. <laughs> Looking at <laughs> that's a perfect way to end right oh, there. No, hey, I got one more thing. I got one more thing. I did a little research today because I had a little time before some meetings. This is going back to college baseball because people were talking about winning his programs in the SEC. I'm going to read you guys. I'm going to go back five years because, you know, that's uh, five years pretty good, right? I was to go back 10, but nobody cares. So this is the list from top to bottom, most wins in the past five years. You could probably guess. Who do you think has the most wins, Jim? In the last five years, Vanderbilt. In the last five years, that is incorrect. I think it's easy. It was easy for me, maybe because they always beat my team. I was going to say it was Arkansas. It is. It's Arkansas. So I'll just read down the list. Arkansas is number one with 201. Ole Miss is number two with 192. Tennessee, number three with 191. Vanderbilt with 190. Florida, 179. Mississippi State, that baseball royalty we always hear about. 178 <laughs> LSU we know they've been down over the past five years a little bit 169 Bama 167 AT, A, ATM A&M 167 Georgia this surprised me I expected them to be lower 166 Auburn 162 South Carolina they once baseball royalty for sure 138 Kentucky 133 Missouri 122 and that my friends is why I'm keeping Missouri at the bottom of the damn SEC because that's where you are Missouri <laughs> Mizzou just thought it was interesting though Ten, five years worth of stuff so it just shows you if you go back 10 years well let me see one two three four five six seven eight nine Tennessee is ninth on the list but five years when Tony Vitello got there all of a sudden they're third oh so, and also on that note hey you know I talked about Texas Oklahoma got their ass whooped all weekend so Texas and Oklahoma I've been stoked because of what they'll bring to baseball and now they're all of a sudden going to fall off a cliff right when they're fixing to come to us. What's that about? Uh, 
I mean, they're it's only three games. I, I, get it, so I, I'm just saying I don't. Have a, I don't think they're going to be competitive in either either football or baseball once they fully make this this change and they're actually playing games. <laughs> yep, they're not. Uh, Jim LSU gymnastics. Before we get out of here, quick little little shout out. I don't know if you had a chance to watch it all. They knocked off the number two Florida Gators. Man, can we talk about? Uh, Finnegan three weeks in a row with a perfect 10 and she's now competing in the all around we we talked about when Kaya went down who was going to step up and help Haley Bryant she has done that and some hey I mean that's that's what's got to happen um and, and it's it's not because they don't have the the girls to do it they got plenty of girls uh, it's just a matter of of executing and what we've seen over the you know last season and even early on this season is that lsu is as good as any what holds them back from from beating teams like florida on a on a consistent basis is the little things like sticking landings and and you know, that being being specifically yeah so it, I, it's good Good to see them them do their thing. I, I do got something on that note that uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up. 2023 AAI Award candidate Kaya Johnson. Even her, she is up for best senior gymnast in the country. Um, obviously, more than likely will not win it um, because she's hurt, but it doesn't matter, man. When you, get a, when you get put in that company, that is a nice thing. And while we're throwing out accolades, I tagged you boys. I know you uh probably commented or shared, but Brady's bunch, Brady Tiger, man, um, doing a uh, you know, they are getting food for people in Arkansas who are have insecure, you know, don't don't have the funds for food. And so, man, shout out to Kaya, shout out to Brady, shout out to all these in off the bench uh guests doing the damn thing. Yes, sir. All right, guys. Let's wrap this thing up. Uh Randy, anything? No, man. We uh we start off the softball tournament season this Saturday and also uh, you know, got all my kids in baseball and softball now. So, you know, see you guys in about a year. All right. <laughs> you let me know. You need you need a loan. I know that's just expensive. Yeah, man. Any I'll I'll put my uh, cash app on the uh, podcast page. Hey, I'll see you March 30th regardless. I know that. We just discussed that. I'll be there. Jim, anything? Last call? Nope, hit it all. All right, y'all. What a what a good episode. We actually, you know, switched gears a little bit. We talked soccer tonight. It was nice to, you know, and refreshing to, to get that. I want to thank our guest, Macy Hodge, for joining us. If you like hearing Macy's story or you just like hearing us average Joe's talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, comments, ratings, feedback, likes, love, hearts, hugs, all that good stuff. We'll take it all. We, we ain't picky. Just, just give us all the good stuff. We'll take it. We'll see everybody next week. we got episode 13 coming at you. We're going to pull southern miss baseball to the to the table finally we're gonna get uh one of the golden eagles dustin dickerson joining us so don't miss it this has been the end off the bench podcast as always remember strong body sharp minds grit and grind all the time we're out